0: Look, before we get started, you know, I want you to know, David and I go back a long way. We talk often, and we have over the years, and he's been very encouraging about the Banking with Life podcast. However, he's always had one critique. James, it's too long. So I want you to know, when he came in and sat down, we recorded some of the longest episodes ever, and it gave me great joy. Thanks for listening. In this episode, Ryan and I sit down with our friend David Stearns. He's a director of the Nelson Nash Institute, the president of Infinite Banking Concepts, and the son-in-law of Nelson Nash. We had fun and hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Banking with Life Podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. And listen, I'm we we are uber excited. Um, I'm always excited when somebody is live in the studio and I know I always say that but we have with us today David Stearns president of banking or the infinite banking concepts (laughs) I know I should know all this right president of infinite banking concepts LLC and he's one of the three board members of the Nelson Nash Institute longtime friend he really runs the Infinite Banking Program out of Birmingham, Alabama. He's Nelson Nash's uh, son-in-law and just a dear friend. And so we're excited to have you here, David. You're right in the middle in the hot seat, sir. How are
1: you? Well, James, I'm doing, doing well. Thank you. It's, it's great to be in the huge Alvaredo, is that how you pronounce it, Alvaredo? Alvaredo. Alvaredo, Texas. Metropolis. That's world great. headquarters of <laughs> Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> the world headquarters of Banking with Life. So. Yeah. That's I, I, you know, I've been on Banking with Life proponent from, from day one. I think I was – I have a, a two-minute segment on that that video, don't I? Yeah, you do. And the yeah. Banking with Life DVD. Yeah. 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 You good. were the – I think Nelson was
0: the first guest, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, and you were like number three because you flew him here from Birmingham. I'm yeah. like, come on, David. And David, listen, he's like, I'm quiet. I don't have anything to say. They don't want to hear me. And, and no. I'm, sir, you're David Stearns. People want to hear you.
1: No. Well, can I tell you why I say that? I don't want to be yes. Honest. You know, I grew up in the military, you know, both as a as a dependent and an active duty guy. And my, my persona in the military was the guy behind the scenes. You know, you got the battalion commander out there, Raw, 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 leading the troops, and I was the like the batan XO, saying, I can't believe you just said that. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, so I'm, I don't like to promote myself publicly like at that, but I like to be a behind the scenes kind of fellow who's trying to make sure that we're go, heading in the right direction, that IBC, is is moving forward, IBC is growing. Even among all the distractions and the some of the social media problems that are appropriated out there, at, every day, all day. Hmm. Okay, so uh, you know I'm trying to do that. So you know that's why you don't see me on all these videos, and you see, that's why I'm not a podcast king like some people are. I love your podcast. Don't get me wrong; I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, They are long, though, but they're good. (laughs) Number one complainer about the length of the episodes is here in studio today. We're going to spend a nice long time talking about it. No, there's a YouTube YouTube algorithm out there, something about 15 to 20 minutes, I think. I don't know, but that's what I've heard, so there you go. Oh, the algorithms. But anyway, I love it. I love it here. You know,
0: whatever. Well, listen, we we don't. We don't promote, we have not purchased one view, one subscription, or one click. It's all organic. And so uh, there's almost 10,000 people out there that think long form's okay. And it's fine. And I got to tell you that uh, Dave came in yesterday, and so him and I podcasted yesterday, and he's You know, he said, well, if I could criticize anything, it's about the length of the show. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, just speed up the playback time, 1.5, (laughs) 2.0, listen to it in segments. I get it, I talk slow. Then we wound up speaking or talking for about an hour and a half, hour 47. And I asked him, I'm like, Dave, did that seem like an hour and a half?
1: And you said, no. No, but, you know, any professional (laughs) videotographer knows that you film for an hour and a half you get 10 minutes of content, Right. There you go. So I expect some some <clears throat> professional editing. So there you go. Oh. Listen, I have some AV ninjas here, and they'll
0: they'll get it done. But two, you know, it's an unstructured show. It's un, i mean, half the time I sit down, I just show up and sit down, and Mister Greg shows up with a nice long list of topics that so these things would be good to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's unstructured, and so we do. I prefer to have less post-production work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to edit stuff. That's why you know I didn't take out Paul Horsley's well sperm comment oh from my that gosh. one.
2: It's good. <laughs> Not only did it make it into the final cut, but we get to bring it up again.
1: That's that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. My point is, uh, no, it's I don't want to edit. No, I, I appreciate that. And, and one of the reasons I agreed to come down here and do this live instead of via Zoom or whatever is because I, you know you, you guys are good friends of me personally. And I know you go way back with Nelson. Uh, and I. And also, from my perspective, I think you guys are doing IBC in the most purest form available. Okay? And I want to promote that, and I believe in it, and, and I I think you guys are, are superstars. Period.
2: Uh, thank you. Okay. That's nice of you. Thank you. No. <clears throat> but you're not
1: here to over
2: promote I mean
1: no, that's I'm, not why hey, I, James
2: it, gets nervous when people say nice things around
1: no him. I'm, I'm serious you know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way I feel about it so. perfect well I mean he does
0: an incredible job you have no idea even if you've attended uh, you know I know a lot of agents listen even if you've attended think tanks in the past I mean the amount of work that this man does is unbelievable he has to uh, deal with the general public, which is—I'm not saying that in a negative way—but you have to. There's a lot of people that call and email you every day, and then on top of that, he has to deal with agents. Now, how many of you listening got up today and said, "Oh man, I want to go buy some life insurance or talk to an insurance agent"? Zero. Yeah. This guy has to talk to life insurance agents all day long. Mm-hmm. So my heart goes out to you.
2: But, I don't—I don't know to what extent David people <clears throat> realize how in the family the Nelson Nash Institute and IBC is I mean you're Mm -hmm. Nelson's son-in-law right and the events themselves the annual think tanks in February of each year all of that is managed (coughs) by you your wife Kim your family Mm -hmm. and that's I mean it's been that way ever since the beginning and continues to I mean it's a it's not just
1: like a a marketing scheme you know it's right. it's, it's no we, we try to keep it authentic okay yeah. and and one, one of the i don't it, forgive me if i keep going back to nelson nash no it's okay duh but <laughs> but one thing about nelson was he 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 loved people mm-hmm. okay he loved he loved what he was doing he loved people he, you know he was a strong christian he believed that 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 permanent whole life was the, was, was the, the purest form of, of uh, economic product set out there, okay? And he, and he, he equated it to, to biblical financial principles, okay? And so everything he did was on a personal level. Okay, that's why I enjoy doing these seminars, mono on mono, face to face. If there's one person in the room or a hundred, he wanted to do it FaceTime. He didn't want to do it via Zoom. He wanted to love people, and so the think tank, we we try to do the same thing. You know, we, yeah, we have great presentations. Yeah, we talk about case studies. Yeah, we talk about best practices. But it's all about getting to know people and, and and loving them. So we've we kept it in the family. We try to we try to keep it at a level, a size where we can get engaged and we can try to get, talk to everybody there. Because mm-hmm. you know you know quite frankly, I'll interview somebody for obviously IBC practitioner candidate uh, application, and they go, yeah, you know I was brought as a guest to the think tank four years ago. You know it was like. I don't don't remember you I'm sorry you know because you know again it got out of control and so we're trying to we're trying to keep it personal yeah
2: I think it comes through and I think you feel it at the events Um, and part of that personal kind of deal. I mean, we talked about the book Becoming Your Own Banker and how that was an outgrowth of the seminar. I think you mentioned it recently on a, another podcast. Right. But I wanted to stress that. I mean, I think sometimes people read the book and they're like, oh, this is exactly how I need to do it. Right. right? And I was kind of, I kind of felt guilty of that when I first started. My first policy, little janky novelty thing that I kind of poke fun at now. <laughs> but I, I went to the big four agent and said, I want, this is long, you know, months after I met Nelson and said, I want, uh, 37 five 62, 5 just you know the in equipment financing $40,000 total premium outlay 15 to base 25 to PUA That's a 37 and percent of the outlay to the base and 62 and percent is like I want exactly that mm-hmm. not knowing that or not connecting the dots that this was meant to teach and to illustrate a concept not to be Here's the exact
1: roadmap you follow. Right. Yeah. Well, Nelson said more than once he wished he'd never put any illustrations into becoming your own banker. Man, you could say that 15 times. He said times well, over. And so when we, did, when we did the second book, Building Your Will as a Wealth, and I don't want to take credit for that, but I'm—I was the kind of the guy that said we need to do something like this because you got stuff in your seminar that—that that is not a BYOB, like the State Farm example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that I, so we did that. Anyways, he and, and one thing we agreed to, no illustrations in that book. Period. It's going to be verbiage. Yeah, you have a you have a graph of the the State Farm policy performance over the 20 years or whatever. But exactly. Now, I shared this with James yesterday. I was one of the guys. Well, I was the guy <laughs> I'm responsible for the, for the fourth edition And the fifth edition Because I kept saying You know We need to update the book We need to update the book You know Chasing the numbers Yeah But like you said before It's not about the numbers You know Equipment financing Those illustrations In equipment financing First of all They're not really illustrations they're their tables yeah, based sheets. upon multiple right. illustrations that were that were combined yeah. to, to show a relationship between different numbers and different columns. And and if you go back to the exhibit of the, the financing contract, mm-hmm. okay, for the, the, the client, Terry, who was Nelson's nephew.
2: Talking about an associate's finance.
1: Associate he's finance. Talk he he talked about, okay, this is how much he's going to finance for a a. A logging truck And this is what The, the interest rate Is going to be He reversed he, he reverse Engineered That financing package Into that illustration And contrasted that With using Flowing the same cash flow Through the Through the insurance company mm-hmm. And so it was Reverse engineered So you don't buy a policy Based on reverse engineering So, you so you're, you're, it, you're yeah, right yeah. You don't There's There's no exactly right policy for IBC. of course i have my own feelings how i just i want my policies and we can talk about that if you want to later on
0: but there is you know to to clarify there that you can't one shouldn't say i built this policy a particular way 60 40 you see that in the industry and have for years 60 40 policies right they're good policies though yeah yeah they're but really good. i mean they get that straight from equipment financing Well, exa- but, yeah Yes, I mean, now, when
2: you say 60-40, yeah. you're saying 60% of the outlay to the PUA, 40 40% to the base. Right. Right. Because that language, even the language confuses people. Because sometimes if somebody wants to refer to a policy where 60% of the outlay goes to the base, they'll say 60-40. Other people we'll will say 40-60. Right. No, 60-40. And it's, what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. But just to clarify.
0: <clears throat> but then, yeah, no no question. But then they, and then they, I typically see it an awful lot of the times, and there's a reduced paid up which is a contractual right you have in whole life insurance or a premium not being paid in the future. But the policy would be designed in such a way that you could not pay a premium in right. the future. Prohibit future. When that is not what Nelson Illustrated does. I paid up at age 65 policy, preferred mm-hmm. guardian, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah,
1: no, it's, you know, you know, going back to, you know, Nelson, uh, was a was a captive agent, okay for for Equitable for years and years and years, and he loved the company, he loved the product. The first policy that I bought from him was a, was an Equitable product, um, and uh, probably five or six or seven more the same way. And then they did mutualized, and he and he ran as fast as hard as he could when they did that, uh, and then he uh, so he, you know he believed in in uh, the agency model when he first started out because he had an agency manager in Birmingham who was a, just a superstar guy. A lead, he was a leader is what he was. He understood the industry. He understood the product set and he led, nurtured, and trained his agents and Nelson was perfect because he was, a, you know, as a forester, he understood the long-term benefit of the, the permanent life product. He saw that. I mean, he knew it. He, it was part of his mindset and so when he came to, he. He transitioned from forestry into the life insurance. He was in a perfect scenario, uh, and it, and I mean he was a, he was a superstar in the industry. And They wanted to know well, how'd you do, What are you doing? How are you doing this? And so they actually the they, life insurance companies they, were asking him. They that. asked him that, and 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 in Equitable, they really he didn't really get involved in it. Uh, but when he was when he was a a guardian agent, then they they said, "How? What are you doing?" And so they actually he actually flew to New York City. To Guardian headquarters and sat down and told him what he was doing. He didn't he didn't call it IBC, he just he, he said that was something later. But they they said, Yeah, we need to film this. And so and so they, they they started they interviewed him and he started talking about it. Next thing you know, they got a lawyer in the room and they got they're doing compliance, this, that, this, that, this, that. It never it never moved anywhere. Okay, and that's when you—that's kind of when he realized he's going to do all this on his own, and so he started—he started doing his seminars. Can I ask you? Do you know? And I
2: don't think I know the answer. You may not know the answer. What prompted Nelson to start in insurance in the first place?
1: Do you know? Well, he—I um, might be wrong, but from what I remember, you know, he was an independent forester in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he's an innovative guy. He just, he's just an outside the box thinker. He always was, and so he he took what he learned in forestry school at Georgia, and he went up to North Carolina, and he had a brother who was who was kind of in, in the uh, industry also, and he and he took what he learned. And he started being innovative about, you know, I don't want to call them tree farms. But it wasn't just about, okay, I own 100 acres. Let's go out and let's, you know, pick the trees we want to cut down and cut them down and, and make money on them. He said, no, let's go out and clear the land. Let's go out and let's plant trees. So it's, and, and, this, and if we do it right, you're going to have a steady stream of income for 40 years. Okay, and it's in the book how he does the cutting and the, and the pruning and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he started doing that. And anyway, somebody – there was a, a huge uh, – there's a big pulp mill and big logging industry down in the birmingham tuscaloosa area and somebody hired him. said somebody's recruited him Said, come on down and work with me come down and work with me and so he was he was praying about it he said he went to his pastor and said i really think i need to i don't know if i want to do this or not and and so anyway the pastor you know kind of knew nelson so he talked they talked about it and he actually Witnessed a conversation Between him and the guy Who was trying to recruit him To come to Birmingham And he said Nelson this might not Work out for you
2: Come so, to Birmingham For Come period? to yeah. come to Birmingham yeah.
1: Shut down his personal industry Move to Birmingham and, and and either work For this individual yeah. Or work with him I don't know the Contractual relationship But he started Working with this fella And he And then Nelson realized Within like six months This ain't gonna work huh. Okay He'd already moved His family down Or he'd already <laughs> Bought a house Whatever And so essentially They parted ways Within a year uh-huh. and now he's like down in Birmingham going I need what a, now? I need a job okay and he always he always liked the insurance piece of it his brother was a state farm agency manager in in Georgia uh, he bought he had he owned policies he bought the first thing he bought we talked about this yesterday when he was 14 mm-hmm. okay so he always he always believed in that and so somebody I don't know the details but he ended up Interviewing for this job, working for the local equal agency, and they mm-hmm. hired him on the spot, and that's how he got into it. I see. Okay, a longtime
2: consumer, and then something fell through in terms of what right. he was doing otherwise. He and- was ex-
1: he was exposed to life insurance. Uh, you know, he talked about his brother selling the State Farm policy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so he 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 knew about it. He believed in it, and he had an opportunity to get into it. And he was also an he 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 was an Austrian economics proponent. And so he saw that as kind of as an as, as mm-hmm. an economic vehicle mm-hmm. that you could use, you know, at, at the UNB level. You know, I <clears throat> that's the way I I
0: remember, you know. I mean, you spent much more time with him than I did, but I remember that and and that wasn't a very good parting of the ways. You know, the 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 pastor essentially said this is not a good idea, and he right. did it anyway. Oh, really? So yeah, you remember
1: I, hearing that too? Yeah. Yeah,
0: and the relationship was not good based on really. I, I don't know the details, but whatever was presented to him to get yeah. him to move wasn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. and then uh, when he did the te- maybe he did Limer test, I don't really know what kind of test, but after interviewing in the life insurance, know, mm-hmm. uh, with whomever
1: equitable, yeah, yeah. yeah but they, it was a, it was the agency manager down in Birmingham. He was the guy that Nelson Nelson knew this guy. He was he was a, a top notch guy, yeah. and huh.
0: that guy told him yeah. he said, "Boy, you you need to be riding life insurance." Yeah. And it was off
1: yeah it was off to the races mm-hmm.
2: did did was it right into permanent or did
1: he do you know if he spent much time with term or any no I mean Nelson believed in death benefit also That's a fair you know, question. He, yeah no but I, I don't know I can't tell you but I you know if but he so he sold term insurance he sold term insurance uh, he, he he sold term insurance to my, my son-in-law mm. okay it, you know a substantial whole life policy but he he saw that he needed death benefit to take care of his family mm-hmm. so yeah he had a, he had a term policy too he, be, he believed in in death benefit you know he, he talks he talked about your need for finance is much greater than your need for death benefit but he didn't discount death benefit as not needed at all right okay yeah. so but so I'm sure he sold term too but he but he 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 was in love with the permanent whole life product
2: because there's a whole lot of people today on the internet i mean we'll talk more about social media later i'm sure but who will say you know as much cash value as possible as little death benefit as possible like it's a kind of a antagonism towards the idea of death benefit that it's inherently bad or something no and they're having that conversation under the auspices of ibc when here you have the creator nelson nash himself who
1: recognized the value of it no you, you know think long range okay and and term is not thinking long range, right? Yeah. Okay. But as I said before, you can't discount the need for a death benefit. It's absolutely needed. And if you do a, if you do a policy correctly, and I'm not talking about any term writers. We can get into that later on. But if you do it correctly, then you'll have the you know you'll have coverage. It depends. You know what what can you afford? You got to start somewhere okay and, and a term a term policy is a good little side policy to have to get you over the hump death wise if you need that so he, man, if I'm a young guy well go ahead Sorry. Oh
0: my <laughs> Jesus. You, you can cut that out hey I'm not I'm not used to having three people at the table whatever and I'm half Italian if you're a young guy well I didn't want to interrupt you but I did no you said if I'm a young guy if what? you're a young man if you're a young person you have a young family you have a need for death benefit yeah you know if you're in business and you have all these obligations you have a need for death benefit Okay, it's okay to solve for that. Can you solve for that and the banking function at the same time? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can solve for both and you have to start where you're at. Yeah. The, and there is, you know, I'm, I'm just emphasizing what Ryan said, is this this lack of, um, it's almost disparaging. I don't need any death benefit. Well, don't want any death benefit. The least amount of death benefit is possible. And I'm sure I've used those words too. Um, but you cannot discount the death benefit. You can't, in in retirement planning and personal finance and financial planning, you can't jump over the need for death benefit. Mm -hmm. But if you did solve for your need for finance, you'd be asking for so much death benefit you couldn't get it past the underwriter. But
1: that's a process. Well, okay, Nelson came from, the big focus in the insurance industry was the human life value. Okay, that was the only focus was human life value. And Nelson said, that should not be the only focus. Okay, need for finance is 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 huge. Okay, and it's greater. And Nelson says it's greater than you need for death benefit. He doesn't say it it totally replaces your need for death benefit. Mm. And so it's like the book, you know, read the book, understand the conceptual nature of the book. It is not a handbook on how to do IBC. There there is as many ways to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> within, the, within the context of using the right product set, okay, and, and, and having and, – and the important thing here is the client has got to understand what this is about. It's not – you don't need to go to somebody and say, give me one of those and then tell me why I need it, and I'm going to be rich in five years. Yeah, It's, it's not about that, Right. No. Uh, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> and it's, you know, not about a lot of things. It's not, a, it's not about, um, you know, getting as much cash as soon as possible and then not really understanding the ramifications of that. It is really about controlling the banking function, period. Somebody's going to do it. Banking is. Banking exists. Somebody's going to perform that function, and it might as well be you. Because whoever performs a banking function is going to be profitable.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I talk about this too sometimes in the context of like what is a financial professional I mean I think a lot of the guys who are now guys and girls who are now in the IBC Wherein you know, they adopted the human life value-centric approach, right? Mm-hmm. What's your need for insurance? What's your insurability? Others came from the securities world, others maybe were in real estate or some other element of finance, and they've transitioned either fully or partially over to IBC. Whereas just because I'm younger is a, a circumstantial like the, the nature of the timing, I've only ever done IBC. And like so to and wanted to be an economist. So from my perspective, it's like, well. It all comes back to what Nelson said and what you repeated here, that your need for finance is greater than your need for death benefit. I mean, that that idea of the need for finance, and I think of that in terms of capital, right? your need for capital, and then the cost of it. And to me, I think the thing that is just so glaringly obvious from a, a technical, conceptual, economic perspective, it's like, The problem in an individual's financial world is the cost of dependency on the banking function. Mm -hmm. It's in the volume of the interest that's paid to the the lenders, despite what the fake APR stuff would imply. And it's uh, it's in the, the, the profit generation, the dividend that ordinarily goes to the shareholders of the bank solving for like how to recuperate how to control how to reclaim those two elements solves the biggest problem in an individual's financial life and I think that's what Nelson was saying Is when you say your need for finance is greater than your need for death benefit it's like yeah and your need for finance is greater than your need for mutual funds, or to go get a high rate of return in your tax qualified plan. You know, or yeah, like I think that's the well, primary objective
1: to solve. Well, it's a primary objective, and you're correct in everything you're saying. But there's also there, you know, IBC is so much bigger than life insurance in yep. the, as is described in the book. And Nelson gets into it, and he and he and he kind of gradually moved okay. into it later, more in later years. The need for finance, yes okay but there's also you need a place to warehouse your wealth okay and that's not a need for finance that uh, solves any financial problems you might have but we're talking about warehousing wealth now so how do you do that efficiently okay that's another one and number 2 is you need a uh, a good way to to transfer wealth to the next generation or two or three or four mm. okay so you need to solve that problem also correct mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. they're all intermingled, okay, and they're all very important, but I get folks calling me all the time, it's like, I like that's IBC, but I don't have any debt, so why should I do it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, when you, when you solve your need for warehousing your wealth, where, where should you warehouse it? Where, what is a proper place to warehouse your money? It, it, it addresses directly what you should do with your money. Mutual mm-hmm. funds, this, that, or whatever. Yeah, it solves that naturally, right?
1: No, and you talked about what kind of agents are obviously practitioners, both legitimate, authorized practitioners, and, and the folks that are not involved in what we're doing. Dan and I. Well, uh, we have it's all over the board, okay. And you came in. You were, you came in because you were exposed to it uh, the right way, I think. Yeah, through Bob. Through, and then, through Bob Murphy. Yeah, and then. And then right, I th- immediately the book. And then yeah. you wanted to be a practitioner, okay. And then I and then we thought you needed a mentor. Yep. Okay. Now who picked your mentor? Nelson. Or was it you? It was me. Okay. So well, I've attributed that to Nelson all these years, I- because, I, I, because you, you had a personal relationship with Bob Murphy, and I, I said this guy is really friggin' sharp. Okay. He's re- he's really young. He could have if he sticks with it, have a long track record. And he could be like. Something that will really help the movement going forward. So I, I wanted to make sure that you were mentored by somebody who was totally vested in, in how Nelson taught this. And, and it's not just about insurance with Nelson and insurance with James Netterly. It's about his understanding of economics and history. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I thought his intellect plus how he does business in the insurance industry would be a good, be a good fit for you. Well, you knocked it out of the park. So that's—I mean, thank you. I, I, I'm not trying to promote myself here, but that—that that one worked out. We can talk about the. Mentor. You can
2: take credit for that all no. day. So
1: that's—that's what—that's what I did. And so—and so anyway, we we have we have practitioners who are do nothing but life insurance. We have practitioners who do nothing but IBC life insurance. We have practitioners who have more money under management mm-hmm. than they have with their book of business with life insurance but they'll say listen I'm a f- proponent of IBC but I got this money under management and, and that's a different story but I use that client set if those are the people that I they introduce IBC to at, because I know where their mind is I know where their assets are I know how this will work for them just to get them in the door and, and they turn out to be some of the best IBC clients I have mm. so uh, what am I you know that's great you know what can yeah. I say? You I
2: know. think a plural approach, where you know, so, hitting people yeah. from different angles, is, is appropriate.
1: Right. So that's so it's, it's all over the place. But and we'll talk about this too. You know, James asked me before, what type of individual, professionally speaking, are we interviewing to become IBC practitioners for the most part? And I would say, for the most part, most of them are are people like you who are they want to they want to do ibc personally or they have done it personally and they and they see it either for five years 10 years 15 years they see it they believe in it they use it they use it and now they either want to transfer transfer their career transition transition their career from whatever they're doing to become an insurance guy doing ibc because they believe in it because they've experienced it and covid when it shut down a lot of people's careers and whatnot, we saw that we saw a lot of folks, and it was like we have, when we interview these people, it's like okay, let me can I ask you, you know, why you're doing this interview? Yeah, my I lost my job. Okay, well that's not a good you know that's I mean I'm sorry to hear that, but but when they say and I'm doing IBC and this is who I'm I said who are you working with what what, are you, what does your portfolio look like whatever okay this this could be a perfect transition. So the, most of the people that are coming in, from for the most part, I say maybe sixty percent are are actually wow. practitioners who who do it in their their life and they and they believe in it and they want to do it professionally now. I mean, I do think
2: it's appropriate for somebody to be ha, to have have implemented IBC in their own life first before becoming an agent. But then I also think that there are people who think, oh, I'll just do this part time and generate some passive side cash
1: flow, yeah. and it's right. like. You're in fairyland. Right. You know. No, that is a problem. And and f- some folks who want to do it and they and they say, okay, well, I said, what's your business plan? Well, I'm going to maintain my day job and I'm going to implement an IBC and I'm going to start doing IBC. And I'm going to work as hard as I can doing it whenever I have time to do it or whenever I have somebody to talk to, which is hard to do. That's the hardest thing for people. Who, who do I talk to? And then when I get my book of business up to a certain level, then I'm going to trans- transition completely from my day job, to a practitioner job. And I said, "Well, you know, I applaud you for doing that, but it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. And so what I, what I recommend they do is they start working with another agent, another practitioner who's experienced, who has a, is their own book of business. Start working with them, okay, and that that helps them with the back office work, so they don't have that load, and then they can. That makes the transition easier for them mm-hmm. when they finally want to do it. I don't know if that, if that if that's good or not, but that's,
0: uh, I think that's correct. Being I out there by is yourself exactly.
1: is, 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 is tough to do, man, without, without working with somebody. And of course, if somebody wants to be an IBC practitioner and they're, they follow that school of thought where they're transitioning from one career to another, and, and so they, they will absolutely need a mentor who's an existing practitioner mm-hmm. who will work with them and they'll help them get contracted if they need that also. So.
2: Well I want to turn a little bit I, we, There's And you've talked about this On other podcasts And we talked about it A bit before we started Recording today Is social media mm. And the sort of things That we're seeing online now oh, Be boy. it on TikTok Or YouTube Or what have you what's your let me start generally like what's, what's your <laughs> oh what's your overall general like how do you feel generally about the state of online IBC education if it can be called that
1: I, I try to I try not to watch much of it because I like to sleep at night <laughs>
2: oh, uh, it's painful huh? it, it, it's,
1: it's painful sometimes. it's painful okay uh, and I don't have a TikTok account and I don't I don't I don't watch that but, but I have Associates who send me, you know, TikTok videos and say, "You believe this guy or this gal, or whatever." Uh, I, I think TikTok is destructive. Mm. Okay, with the obviously world, um, you know, anybody who's like, you know, it's free advertisement for 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 me, right? If they call it correct, some of them, some some people don't even call it by the correct nomenclature in TikTok; right. they call it something else they don't call it infinite they call it infinity Infinity banking Banking. or something like that but (laughs) so many different names it's free ads why would I be disgruntled about somebody who's advertising you know my concept i.e. you know my trademark for free this is this is good but what happens is from my perspective i'll get phone calls and emails all the time for folks who have uh, watched the tic-tac thing and they and essentially it goes like this you know i, I i'm really doing some deep, a deep dive into infinite banking and and i really you know i really like it and I, you know you know how, how can you set me up two minutes at a time right. and a minute and a half on their deep dive right over and over yeah and and so that, that that's they don't know what they don't know what it is. They have no idea what it is because it, because it sounds like, you know, it's it's just too good to be true. You know, you know, x number of dollars a month, and and you can you can you can drive really nice cars, and do and do really nice stuff, and it's and and you don't and you own it, man. You, the interest is going to you. It's you know you're making money on the car. It's like no, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so it, you know. The, that's it, it's, I, just, I, I feel sorry for people who, who get into IBC through TikTok And, and they get misdirected to somebody who, who, who doesn't believe What we're telling And they have their own idea Of how they want to do IBC And they're selling them The wrong product set hmm. Okay Or they're giving them False information Or they're leaving Some critical information out And then you have Policy lapse problems You know year two yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, uh, of course, I guess the industry doesn't like that either, do they? Because it's no. They you, don't. I mean, we created the NNI to keep the, the to keep the message conservative and pure, and uh, and we we're trying to you know make the public aware of the pitfalls of, of controlling the banking function, mm-hmm. like you said, because it's it's work. It is work. It's work. And if you create a policy portfolio that's more than one policy, then you better have your finger on those policies all the time and know what's going on in them, or you can get upside down before you know it, right? And everybody says, oh, IBC's tax-free. It's tax-free, it's tax-free. Well... <laughs> You know, if you if you don't do it right, then you can you can cause problems. You can some problems. So we're we TikTok is not good for IBC, okay? Because you can't learn something in two minutes. Um, you you got to take the responsibility of of understanding what this is all about, and and the best way to do it is read Nelson's book, become your own banker five times, listen to the audible book. In your car, you know whatever, and just try to understand the conceptual nature of privatized banking. It, okay, understand the conceptual nature of privatized banking. Understand that you need you need a a, a stable uh, vehicle to do it. You don't need something that's volatile. It needs to be stable. It needs to be predictable. It needs to have uninterrupted compounding. Okay, and then you need to have a coach, somebody who's in the who's a professional. Who can keep you straight when you when you deviate, and it could cause problems in the future? Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm being uh, those are kind of coded words. I think that's pretty direct. Nelson but, used to use that same language in a seminar. You need a coach. You need a, co- you need a coach, but it's a, it's a somebody who can keep you in the, in the you know going in the right directions. And oh, by the way, TikTok, IBC is not about about one bank. Okay? It's about a system of policies that, that you build over the course of, of many years and you insure as many people as you have an insurable interest in because that helps with not only growing your banks, it gives you flexibility on repayments on loans, gives you flexibility on on funding. okay And it also heaven forbid gives you more capability to collect a death benefit if that if that tragic occurrence should happen. Yeah. Right Which it will It's just a matter of time It's a matter of time But it's like So it's not about one policy Folks It's about a system
2: You know what I notice Is a lot of these TikTok people They don't appear On the infinitebanking.org Agent finder Well if they do Guess what
1: (laughs) Now wait
0: wait a minute I'm fixing to be on TikTok Maybe I don't know why (laughs) Because I'm going to Well In my altruistic thinking I'm going to direct them To the truth Okay Well it depends What you say I guess
1: Okay, well, well, I mean, I'll I, run about YouTube, YouTube has been recently. a bigger problem for me than, yeah, t- t- than TikTok. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to YouTube
0: because, you know, it's <laughs> a general, you know, social media. Then we go right on to TikTok. Well, YouTube has been... Uh, very active for much longer than TikTok right so you know 15 years ago you couldn't even find anything on YouTube now there's 55,000 experts about the infinite banking concept or whatever they name it
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and here's a contrast you mentioned earlier if Nelson could do the book over again he wouldn't have included illustrations but if you look online on YouTube at all the alleged or IBC related marketing I'd be willing to bet that at least half of them are all about showing some illustration And, you know, this is how you do it. This is, this is the company to work with. This is the way to do IBC. You know, I figured out the new expert way. Yeah. And here, let me show you in 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. It's so pervasive. And it, for, I, I hear from clients of mine, from other people I interact with, they see it. And it can be difficult, I think, for people to discern what's the no, what the noise is and what isn't. You're right.
1: It, it is. Yeah. It's difficult. It is. Um. And from another perspective, I'm not trying to deflect your concern, but some of those videos actually use insurance company uh, proprietary software, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't understand Definitely. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand how they do that. because a lot of uh, insurance companies is cashing the check. Well, it's still there's still issues with compliance and this okay. and that this and that that that, that I've heard about, yeah. and I don't understand why it's, you know why they they don't they're not consistent with cleaning that up across the board, but there 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 are, there are concerns and there are people that that lead with policies, lead with illustrations, and I advise uh, the general public that don't go illustration shopping. Okay, don't mm. do it. Don't do it. Okay, yeah, no, no. you're just you're wasting your time. You don't don't look for an illustration. You work with somebody who understands. You know who you are. Understands what you're what you want to accomplish, and 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 it's not about okay. Uh, you know uh, the way I put design policies, I, I get a lower commission than, than that person does. So I'm doing it right. <laughs> I'm getting a lower commission. Uh, you've heard that before, I guess. Since oh you're laughing. my gosh. No, it's about it's it's a it's about the client. It's about the person who owns the policy. They have to understand what they're getting. They have to know what they're getting. It's not like I want to get the biggest cash surrender value in year one that I can get. <laughs> what are your aspirations? Okay, mm-hmm. how do you want to use the policy? You know, what do you? It, it it's not about the biggest number in year one. Yeah. Okay. That's all, that's all I want to say. It's not about that if you're if if you're if you're gonna if if your situation is that's what you need then that's fine yeah okay but you have to understand that that's that's best for you yeah and then that then you
0: know insinuates that I'm not gonna have a need for capital is great in year three four five right yeah. so the duration the timeline of, of of anyone's in particular individual circumstances you know how big should a premium be? How long should you pay the premium? How long should you have the contractual right to pay the premium? What happens if something doesn't go as I expect in the future? What can I do? How will that affect me with the policy that I own? And you can't determine that by looking at a life insurance illustration. No. That comes. That knowledge comes from experience and then working with an experienced agent and advisor. Right. And it's critical. It's critical, you know. Here I'm 59 years old. Do you think I want to be forced into underwriting at yeah. 59? Yeah. No, and I'm willingly going, right? <laughs> but I don't don't force me into it, right? Because of a of a of a of a particular policy design that was less than optimum, right?
1: So, well, I mean, I know you don't want to look. No, you're, no, you're you're right, and I think it's important we talk about this. But but on the, on the other side of that note, if I realize five years down the road that this particular that policy design was not optimal for me, right? Okay, what do you do with the policy? You keep it. Yeah, it, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, no question. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, okay, that's but fine. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Don't replace it. Right. Okay. The second one. Now you know the second one's going to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just want to make that point. No, that, that's a great point
0: because we talked know, about that at, at breakfast. Just. It, you know Ryan has the same experience we talk to people every day different circumstances maybe they've done this and they've discovered the, the this podcast or their learning has increased and now I wouldn't have done that but I did it now what do I do replacement is almost the last last thing you do recommendation Yep. and I'm not saying it shouldn't happen or it
1: doesn't happen yep. ding, um, ding, ding 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 <clears throat> I don't care who the agent is if the first word out of his mouth is replacement, his or hers, then... That's a red flag. It's a flag. red flag. Yeah. Okay, red flag. I don't care, you know, if the company's demutualized. I mean, some companies like, you know, some of them, yeah, you gotta replace them because they're, they're gonna be a black hole, but... If that doesn't a, mean every one of these. If it's a mutual That's mutual right. holding company, don't need to replace the policy. Maybe you can throttle back on it. Okay, you know, drop this rider or drop that rider, or whatever. But don't replace it, drop. unless it's very unusual circumstances. I agree. I'm glad so, you brought that up.
2: I want to mention this too on that social media topic because there's never any conversation about we're talking about coaching. Mm-hmm. There's never a conversation about service. Oh. You yeah, know. yeah. I, I think there's this uh, this idea online that IBC is this thing I buy, and once I buy it, w- business is settled. I'm off. I'm good. Like you know, it's like getting a car or going to the store. This is totally different. And I think it's a a lot of this marketing stuff to me. And this could be wrong, but I see guys on social media, girls on social media, importing marketing strategies. From other lines of business, from other sorts of product sales, maybe they're doing books or it's the coaching or it's the consulting or whatever, online (laughs) solopreneurship or whatever it could be, and importing those marketing strategies over into IBC, totally missing that the nature of this business is different. Like yeah. this
1: is an ongoing. I mean, we're we're really just starting a relationship here. No, you're talking about selling a product and moving on to the next, the next person. Yeah, product, product, product. You know, sales, sales, sales. You're right. It's yeah. And I I don't know from a you know from a, from a, an agent perspective, if you if you're if if your your primary business is is IBC production, okay. Yeah. How many clients can you handle? In a, in a in a responsible way, a lot. I mean, I, I'm talking about an independent guy out there, all by himself, guy or gal. That doesn't have the fantastic team. They don't have a fantastic team behind them like you guys do. Uh, so th- it, it, there, there's a lot of time and effort needed. There's a lot for is. coaching.
2: Yeah, there is. And you got to be available. I can't tell you how many times I get calls from clients who have policies with other agents and they can't get a hold of them. Mm-hmm and they want to pay a premium like (laughs) let me just pay and and substantial premium yeah not like and and the and i'm talking to them i i know what kind of background research they've done i know they're educated highly qualified they want to pay a premium and oh mr so-and-so is out of production or mr so-and-so has decided to go do some passive airbnb real estate investing you know and i'm like what like to me, it's and then I'll have the question because we mentioned it on the show, like, like if you're going to talk to an agent, ask them, what's the nature of the ongoing service like? And so I get some people now who ask me that. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm glad you asked. I wonder where you heard that from. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell them like, like in my world, we got a, a client advisor relationship. And if you want an Austrian economic perspective or if you want to just a outside financial perspective on something related to IBC or not, yeah. and then certainly everything, including management of the policies, come yeah. on. It's important. It's important to have that relationship. It's never talked about on yeah, the on the clickbait stuff online because
0: it doesn't
1: exist on the clickbait. Yeah. A year, two years later, well, you, can't, you can't because there's not enough time to talk about it in two minutes. Yeah, but uh-huh. look, uh-huh. you, you okay. bring in the, the <laughs> <laughs> too low on the
2: priority list. Yeah,
0: you bring in the uh, the uh, online guru that, and then they that's very you know has a million viewers. They have whatever product lines they're you know promoting and selling to their listenership and then they just bring in IBC as another product to sell right I mean they they don't even know anything about life insurance it's a high probability Uh, uh, that they don't know much about life insurance oh boy
1: much less service no if you have one policy okay and then it's it's much easier to to manage that obviously Uh, and and nowadays with the internet some of these companies that I use personally they've 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 got a better you know online portal yeah. to, man, to manage your funding and to to pay loans back mm-hmm. you know, whatever So it's just a lot better than it used to be i used to call up all the time and just like you send a check <laughs> into a company and he, you know for x number of dollars and you have to write on the check this much goes to the pua this much goes to the loan repayment you know otherwise they apply it incorrectly mm-hmm. okay but (laughs) can still happen today I I, I hope the audience knows what what I'm talking about because they do because because it's hard to unwind that after the fact but you're right you know I was sharing with James earlier today about this one policy that we're trying to we're trying to unsort (laughs) that was issued way 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 back well it's it's related to the idea of service
2: because the the God bless them. The front line of defense at these life insurance companies are entry-level customer service phone representatives. And we're talking about IBC. People have never even heard those letters put together in that way. And then all the uh,
1: technical elements to life insurance. Exactly. They don't have a clue. And they they have this tree they keep following on their computer trying to get to where they're supposed to be to answer your question. And they they can't you can't get service. You
2: get the wrong answer yeah. or no answer, and it's like if you don't have somebody who knows what yeah. the heck is going on in that policy to mediate that conversation and sort it out. I mean, yeah. I have clients who have policy. It's, it's the people who's the other agent. You know, they're orphans. I call them orphans or refugees. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're orphans in the industry.
0: Home. Ryan came up with that term. A year or so. Refugee, Refugee. orphan,
2: someone. Okay, the agent maybe passes away or leaves the business. A refugee is they're they're fleeing a war torn country. You know, something's (laughs) gone bad with the agent, and the agent left. (laughs) left. So the client can't get a hold of them. Can't you know they they submitted a payment, it was allocated wrong, or they're past the premium due date, and they can't get a hold of somebody to figure out how to pay it, and so. I got to get the. We got to do a three-way call because the company's got to hear the client's voice to give the permission, and and I got to triangulate that conversation, solving for this lack of service from the freaking
1: TikTok person. Oh yeah, I hear you.
2: But some companies
0: are in the twenty-first century, and they kind of make it easier um, than they used to. Mm -hmm. And there's even some home home office life insurance employees and. Officers that understand the infinite banking concept. Yeah,
2: they're catching up. And I wanted to ask you about that, David. What's your experience been like recently with the various life insurance companies? Is that has the conversation improved? Do you, is it a struggle? What's your impression
1: with that? <sighs> it's improved. Um, <laughs> no, one has. <sighs> there, it's, 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 it's improved. There, there's you know, there's companies that 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 they have they understand. Obviously, from from the home office perspective, uh, and they have it. They'll have a coordinator, whether it be a, a regional individual or just somebody at the home office who who's their go-to individual. Um, but you know, there's there's still companies that are huge players in the insurance industry that that don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're the. In my mind, I think the big concern is they don't want to allocate the resources to service obviously, yep. like mm. you said, because it, because they because that they see it's going to be a lot of work to do that. Like an administrative cost, right? Hmm. Okay, there's a lot of it's a lot of work, and then again, you have all these this network of agents and some of these big companies, and it's like, man, that's a lot of people. Uh, we need to standardize. Uh, we, we will need to standardize how they're doing at IBC. Otherwise, we can't. We can't police them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. No, makes sense. Okay. So it's it's just it's just a it, it's just a, a structural problem, and it's cost effective, I guess, not to do it. Mm. And they they solve for uh, for death benefit. But there are some major companies that I see their ads. I saw one on the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They talked about you know uh, you know. Living life benefits of you know the whole life product, which is at least that's one step in the right direction. It's closer, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yes, I mean, IBC is good. It's fantastic because it empowers the the individual. Okay, that's number one. When you talk about controlling the banking function, you're empowered, okay? You you have got the loaded gun, mm-hmm. okay? You see, you can't – I mean, I'll talk about my father's mutual fund later on where it's just like watching it. You're watching it. Oh, look at that. It's going the wrong way. Oh, look at It's going up. Oh, it's going down. It's going up. Okay. I mean, you know – you can pay a premium, put a policy in, in your desk drawer, and then a year later take it out, pay another premium, put it in, never never think about it. But that's not IBC. That's, that's owning a whole life product or whatever product. IBC is if you're using it, okay, to finance your lifestyle or whatever, then you have to have your finger on it because you're controlling it. You have to do it correctly. Uh, it— it so the loaded gun is in, is in the client's hands, and some of these companies don't want that, mm. okay? They want to be in control because they want predictable results. They, they want to keep their lapse rates down. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what the industry standard is, but you, you guys do because I'm not in the industry. But I, something tells me if you do an analysis of, of lapsed policies, probably the most of them have substantial loans on in their on them for that's sure. A, a precursor in okay. the a industry. Precursor. Okay, and so I'm not, <clears throat> those loans might not be you know loans to finance cars the way Nelson taught to do it. They might be. Gee, the guy has got loans out there to pay his premiums. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't. I don't know. It probably tells me what it probably is, and they get to the point where they can't do it anymore because now the policy is upside down, and so they walk away from it and lapses. Okay, yeah. so that's a reason they, that 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 these these companies might be hesitant for embracing IBC also. Yeah, even though. It's something – the lapse rates are totally different than what we're talking about and, and how a policy is actually used. Well, so, some
0: of these companies, they've been able to wrap their mind around through experience in the last several years that the block of infinite banking business, quote-unquote, that they have is very profitable to them. You know, because you're talking about pre- predictability. Mm-hmm. The life insurance company, that's what they want. That's what any business wants, predictable income, predictable mm-hmm. income. Predictable expenses, mm-hmm. right? Premium is income to the life insurance company. Right. The death benefit is an expense to the life insurance company. The cash value is an expense to the life insurance company, right? So, even with their lapse ratios, when they when they when they design a policy, the uh, lapse ratio is very important, even in the design, mm-hmm. right? And so, if you have a high lapse ratio, it's going to affect the profitability of a block of business. Well the inside the industry and i'm not speaking as an industry insider you know um however the block of business currently in the infinite banking concepts footprint from the life insurance company's perspective is a beautiful block of business because it is very
1: predictable if it is very predictable and it's even more predictable if the client is responsible and he's got a coach. No question. You can you
0: have to be an honest banker, right? You have to repay your loans. You can't go anywhere in the free world and get a loan. Well, you can go to the federal government, I guess, and get a free loan if you're a crony. Other than that, you can't go anywhere in the free world and get a loan without a loan repayment. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna value the third party lender's money greater than your own money, there's an adjustment that needs to occur in your thinking. If I'll go down to the third party lender and I'll pay them six, seven, eight, nine percent, and I know everything is not at two or three percent, if I'll value their capital, their money, Mm -hmm. at a greater value than I would value my own money, there's something wrong in my thinking. So if I'm willing to pay the third party lender five or six, seven, eight, shouldn't I be at least willing to pay that minimum amount to the life insurance company?
1: Yes, but the the typical American slash Canadian doesn't think like that because they've been indoctrinated yeah. yeah. Okay. They don't understand capital theory. They don't understand, you know, maintaining control of your cash flow, keeping it within your sphere of ownership. Yeah. Right? No, and I think that, you know, this is much more
0: than just about life insurance. Mm-hmm. It is much more than that.
2: Well, you mentioned Nelson's rule, you know, be an honest banker, repay the loans. Mm-hmm. We're talking about online, social media stuff. You know, there's another strain of this is the idea that. Well, when you do IBC, you know, you don't make your money in the policy. You want to take out that maximum policy loan as soon as possible to go invest somewhere else. Um, and one thing that I point out in Becoming Your Own Banker is in all of those examples... Nelson doesn't start the financing process until years in. Now, that's been misinterpreted. People say, well, I got to wait four years. I got to wait seven yeah. years to get a policy loan. <coughs> it's like, no, that's not true either. Like, there's sooner, you can, the money's available. You can get a loan as soon as you have cash value. Right. You
1: have cash value as soon as you pay a PUA. Well, it depends on what some companies have to wait a year to get a loan or whatever, but yeah. Yeah,
2: but you don't, it, IBC, it's not part and parcel of IBC to pay a high premium to build cash value, to turn right around and go get a policy loan right away. To go get mailbox money and i think some people on social media advertise in this manner they'll say you know in order to do ibc you've got to collateralize everything you own pay a high premium so you can just rotate these cash flows mm-hmm. um i don't know if that's been part of what you've seen out there too but or what your thoughts are
1: no it's again it's they're, they're focusing on one aspect they're going after the, they're going after the the uh the the common denominator, which is like, I want the biggest number as fast as I can get it. You know, Nelson talked about you know if you wait in his equipment finance, wait five or six years to actually take out loans, then the, then the policy will actually be more efficient in out years. Okay, in uh, efficiency, if it, you know a lot of people don't understand what I'm talking about. Efficiency is relationship between premium and death benefit. Okay, relationship between premium and cash surrender value. Okay. Wherever you are In that policy Those relationships Are different Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong
0: Yes absolutely
1: Okay so You've got to understand The relationship Of the premium dollar Whether it be A base premium dollar Or a PUA dollar Where is it More sufficient Within the policy Growth structure And if you're Looking at a policy That's L65 L121 That's different Okay Mm -hmm. And And there's, there's experienced insurance agents who don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm not an agent, okay? I'm just, a, you know, I've been hanging around guys like this, okay? But th- that early use of that money makes that dollar less efficient later on. So I'm sorry I digress. Um, you talk about you fund a policy, you pull the money out, and you go out and buy real estate, or you go out and you buy, okay? If you're buying the policy in order to buy that real estate, then that's a different story. You know so say, okay, now I got this cash surrender value, now I'm going to go and get a loan and I'm going to go invest in something else. Okay, you ask me if that's right or wrong. What's going on? It's that's. I guess it's fine because we're talking about a repository, a, you know, a to store your wealth. Mm-hmm. Okay, a place to launch your wealth. Like Nelson says, I, I am in Birmingham. This is where I'm at, and I, and I launch from Birmingham to do seminars. Okay, your money is here. Boom. Okay, that's my that's my my warehouse of my assets, and I'll use that to buy whatever I want to buy, and whether it be an investment asset or whatever. Okay, I mean. I guess that's fine. It can be fine. It depends it's on the a, situation, what's going fine. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, it depends on what you want to do. But, but, but to say
0: this is a way to do, you know, the infinite banking but, concept. But again, you're going to have,
1: you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a policy. You don't you don't want to have all these policies with these massive freaking loans on them. Right. Okay. And and, and just manage that. You, you, you want to, one of the rules of thumb that I personally had was, okay, I don't, do a policy loan, and, and number one, unless I need the money, hmm. okay, I need the money, number one, and number two is, like, I got to pay for my kid's college education, or I got to buy a new pickup truck because the AC doesn't work. Who's um, <laughs> talking about my truck it Or needs to go to the shop? Or, okay, so, I, Okay, or I want to make an investment that I feel very confident is going to be a great investment. Mm. Okay, okay, that's number one. I I I'll need, I need the money. It's number one, not just because I I can get a loan. I'm going to take a loan. I need the money. Number one. Number two is, I always don't take a policy unless I ha- I can I have a, a loan repayment strategy. Okay. And
2: what do you mean by that? Are you going to pay a certain amount every month, or how how <clears> specific <throat> do you get with that?
1: I don't pay by month. I pay annually. Mm. Okay. And then, uh, look, the banker can do whatever they want. The banker can you do, any, do uh, whatever you want to do. Okay. The, you know, I don't want to get the nuts and bolts because it's different for company A than company B. But if you have a loan, the key the key of the loan is, from my perspective, it's not the anniversary of the loan. It's the anniversary of the policy, policy renewal. Policy yep. Okay, so when you take a loan out, you got to understand when that policy renews, that's when that loan is going to be recast for year two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need to take that in consideration and understand how you want to handle that. So what I typically do from my perspective is what I'll do is when, I were, when my policy renewal date is and I have an outstanding loan on it, then it's strategy time. Okay, how much money am I going to dump into that loan to reduce that loan before it recasts for year two or three or four or five, whatever it is. You have to understand that That's something you have to understand because I do not want to be, uh, I don't want to have massive,
2: you don't want to see that interest loan, compounding. That compounding just, I don't want to have massive loan, loan. prep portfolios right. unless
1: I have to. Okay, if you have to, it's fine. But if you don't have to, maybe it's not fine. So that's so that needs to be something that's talked about between the coach and the client. They have to understand that.
2: So let me let me ask you this then. Uh, you know, everybody's at a different place in life, a different place in how long that they've been paying premium. Uh, For you, is there a a comfort level or a threshold where you're saying like I don't want to collateralize more than X percent or Y percent of cash values? Like, do you keep do you do you compare like okay, I generally know how much of a loan balance I have and I generally know what my total cash
1: values are. Do you do that or do you or not? It's I mean it's it's different. Uh, I'm at the point now where I don't I don't have any I don't have any any loans out any outstanding loans because Mm -hmm. I've I've already. Everything's paid back. You know, now now I'm looking for places to put money. Mm. Okay? So, I don't, you know, if I had outstanding loans then I'd dump the money there. Boom, 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 boom. Um, But I don't uh, because we haven't, uh, we, Kim and I, haven't used the bank for I guess about 25 years. Wow. Wow. Okay? So, I I mean, thanks to Nelson Nash. And, you know, we'll talk about this, about the guinea pig thing I mentioned the other day. But, so so no, but if you some think about if, if an average American's got 35% of their after tax income going to servicing debt, okay, that's a good number to start off yeah. with. Yeah. Okay. But there are some folks out there that have these complicated calculators that tell you how much you can afford to pay, uh, not only in premium, but also servicing your debt within your policies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that before, but I, I think that's kind of crazy. Uh, it's... You do what you can do is the bottom line. That's the beautiful thing about owning owning the debt. Hey, and that's the, because your, your your policy debt is now an asset. Okay for you, right? It's not a debit; it's an asset. So just just manage it responsibly. If you can, if you can pay a lot off, you do it. And if you can't, then don't. Just don't be a, don't be an irresponsible banker. One of the things that that, that irritates me. Is that there's a lot of promoters of IBC because it's simply servicing debt servicing debt so if you have a credit card debt of twenty thousand dollars you need to do IBC because you can transfer that twenty thousand dollar debt within the policy construct mm-hmm. is that is that good vernacular Yep Chip. Yep. okay so but guess what two years down the road they're servicing that twenty thousand dollars they put it inside the policy and they've run their their credit cards back up to twenty thousand dollars again or 40 so or 40 so what do you so now how do you handle that Yeah so it's again, it's about responsible, responsible banking.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it's I love this yeah. because if you once you walk through the noise and you get past
0: all of those beautiful and uh, illust, uh, illustrations and and the presentations, it's like the bank, the capital stock of a bank is money. You cannot become your own banker without money. Period. It is okay to accumulate capital no. that you have guaranteed contractual asset or access to.
1: Accu- Accumulation is key. I
0: mean, and then these opportunities are, in my opinion, and this is what I've learned because of Nelson Nash, the opportunities are attracted to the capital. And I get it, we say this all the time and it's conversation. We say it all the time because it's true. If you're in year one or year two or year three or whatever paying a premium and you haven't gone out into the real estate market because it's blowing up or the crypto market because it's not blowing up enough or whatever, you're okay. It is okay to focus on accumulating that capital. Yeah. Right. And you know, the idea 15 years ago we all ran uh, spreadsheet Excel spreadsheets on how to capture your debt that is one thing that you can do if you have capital and you can control it mm-hmm. within the infinite banking construct yeah. that's that's just not a big deal um, but should you go out and pay an exorbitant you know a huge first year premium to take over a credit card or a particular loan no mm. no you didn't accrue all of that debt because you had an uber amount of discipline I mean no. I'm telling you, I, I brought in the Excel ninjas <laughs> no, to do these illustrations. Yeah. And about the majority of the clients who started that way, and I'm going back sometime, they did exactly what you said. They took over the car, they took over the credit cards, and then they went and bought their mom a new car, or they bought their mom a new house, or whatever it may be. And then all of those credit cards went right back up. Now they have a, a, a tremendous outstanding loan in the policy, a greater outstanding balance on the credit cards, and there was, uh, you know, sure the life insurance company got paid, the agent got paid, but the consumer the client
1: was not helped he's not helped in fact he was the loaded gun scenario he he was self-inflicted gunshot wound yeah okay because he wasn't coached properly and and what's the first thing he's going to drop okay he can't drop the credit card debt right can he no so you go back to the lapse rates thing so it's responsibility 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 and tic-tac (laughs) <laughs> I love Tic-tac <laughs> That's why I is, love this guy <laughs> is, It can be a problem Because yeah. they're not seeing that They don't, they don't, they don't understand They're not exposed no. to it yeah. They're not exposed to it Well look I, I want to go back real
2: quick To what you said That you haven't tapped That family banking system In 25 years
1: we, no, he hasn't. We haven't gone to a bank, a a bank in 25 banks. years. Oh, haven't gone to a bank in 25 years. I see. When we, we, the last time we, we personally tapped the personal banking system was, I've told this story before, you know, uh, when Nelson lived on Rocky Ridge Road, and I'm not going to say any more about that. If you want to find out the rest of the address, you, you know where to find it. If you're a practitioner, the small P or big P. Uh, he lived two miles from me and I lived down the street. And then in 2010... The last time we did a major tap, uh, he said, "Okay, uh, uh, we're, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time ma- ma- managing this big property, this massive property." You Three know, stories, full well, trees. No, it was it was a, it, it was a, like a 2,500 square foot house built in 1960. It was nothing massive, and so we're going to move to a garden home. And, and you and Kim, my wife, you know, told us that you wanted to buy the house. Well, guess what? you still want
2: to buy I'm right like, a
1: it was it was uh, Nelson was very gracious about it so you can buy the, you you know buy the house and I said okay we're going to do it so the, the so what we did was we used our policies you know if you're familiar with the construction loan mm-hmm. Where you get the assessed value of the the property coming up, da da da, and the bank will say, okay, we'll loan you five hundred thousand dollars. But instead of getting the five hundred thousand all at once, you just do you know gradual increments as you're building the house. Yeah, they piecemeal it
0: and send they the inspector piecemeal. out there to make right. sure the job's going along right. to meet the loan.
1: Well, <laughs> what we did was we you know we hired an architect and we said, man, N- Nelson was a brilliant economist, a wonderful Christian man, and an amateur architect. <laughs> 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 no modeled after Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright was one of his one of his he, he he didn't like the man he liked what he was doing yeah. in, the, in the architectural work. But anyway, um and we said we need to fix all these problems that Kim and I perceived with the house. And she said, "Well, if I was you, I just tear it down." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "You don't understand. We can't do that. Going back to the family ethic uh-huh. that you mentioned earlier, we can't do that because this is Nelson loved this house and lived in it for all these years, and he's and he's remodeled it from from the most part. We want to fix these types of problems. And so she said, "Okay." This so we did a really nice plan with her. Da 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 da. And so what we did was. We went to our, looked at our policies and we said, okay, we can afford to buy this house uh, from Nelson. It was a a good family deal no matter what. And then we can afford to remodel the way we want to do it. And so essentially we ran $500,000 service through policy loans at $25,000 increments. Every two weeks, we get a we get an invoice from the builder. It was twenty thousand dollars plus or minus, and I had I it was a policy loan, and it took three or four days to service the loan and all that stuff like all the administrative fees. So that's what we did it. Ding, 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 mm-hmm. and then we and then two years a year later, we built a detached three three car garage, and the th- the third bay was for. Books, books, full of books, <laughs> books. Oh wow! The, bla- the yeah. black, the black, the black inventory. Book, the inventory. <laughs> instead of paying like you know a storage unit, which I was yeah. in for years, roll these books in it. I moved all this stuff into the into the garage. So we financed that one hundred and ten thousand dollar garage same way. So we had so we had about five hundred thousand dollars in debt. That's that was service twenty ten. That was serviced twenty ten. That was the last time we did it, and it, and, it, and whatever we paid it all off. You know within seven or eight years, mm-hmm. but there's and so our biggest finances that we did was for the kids mm. they you know cars we we financed all the kids' cars and uh we 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 moved from you know the book they talk about you know Susie setting up a lending uh you know Lorelei leasing uh, Lorelei doing? leasing you know leasing cars to doctors and whatever so initially we started off with a with a with a leasing company and we leased cars and that would, that that became That's pre Dodd Frank Dodd Frankenstein Act. We didn't like it. We said, "No, that's so stupid." We're just going to finance the cars. We're not going to lease them. So we so we finance cars for Hmm. for us and for the kids. And then when the kids got to the points where they wanted to do, you know, kitchen remodel, whatever, we financed that for them. Hmm. You know, fifty thousand dollars kitchen remodels and whatever. So that was all done. Uh, And so we we handled everything in house. And so we never had any never had any debt outside of our insurance company policy loans. And and so you know, you, t- you talk about you know a stress fee like Nelson talks about way of life mm-hmm. because we had, we had we had no debt and um, it was you know it's, you know and so essentially there's there's outstanding loans th- that the kids owe us for. You know, kitchens and stuff like that. <clears throat> are but, they paying on time? Oh yeah, I'm just, you know, in the back
0: yeah. of my mind, I can
1: hear yeah. Nelson because
0: the first time I heard him, he was seventy two, maybe seventy three. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm in the short rows. I'm in the short rows." I know mm-hmm. Nelson was not at all concerned about your outstanding
1: debt. No, he wasn't.
2: I know people are going to ask too. How's how how does repayment work? Do do they do family members pay you back at a regular interval, or mm-hmm. is it when the money's available, or no. How do you manage it's that? It's a
1: regular interval. They use uh, that Vimeo app on a monthly basis. Like Venmo, like a regular Ven- Ven- Venmo, whatever the hell it's called. Kim, yeah. Kim handles that. She, I, I say, look at you, you're, you're, she's the one that handles all that all that stuff. So she's got, she tracks all the money. She knows, who, you know, where it's all going.
0: She doesn't let her kids slide every now and then on a late payment, no, mom? No,
1: well. I'm kidding. <laughs> she didn't give him a gift this year, by the way. It's like forgiving certain amounts or whatever. But anyway, no, she, <laughs> oh, no, there's <laughs> your gift. Forget <No>, <laughs> you a
2: portion of your debt. No,
1: that, 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 no that's, what that's what it was. No, they, they've been, they the, Money, the money is Venmoed in. She sees it, bang, click, click. There it is, and she, she tracks it all. She's got it down. We have a segregated bank account uh, that's just for IBC, and all that money and that stuff is either a death benefit will go in there, boom. Mm. The loan money will come out of, will go from, uh, the insurance company through it'll service through that bank account, and so that. Uh, Kim does all that. I don't so know. So it acts
0: like an extension of your banking system because
1: you said yeah. earlier it's not about one policy. No it's, not, no,
0: it's okay to start with one policy, but then it's okay to properly expand. Then mm-hmm. that segregated checking account really becomes an extension of your banking system, and mm-hmm. there's the bank doing a lot of accounting for
2: you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: put them to work for you. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: yeah. You're right. It's uh, so. It's. I mean, it's easy as long as you as long as you 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 have a strategy that's number one legal, number two. Uh, responsible and, and you, you stick with it. So. But,
0: and, too, that brings up to mind, you know, having a place to put money. We've talked about this uh, many times, several times, and a couple of times over the last day or two. Um, that's a legitimate, could be a legitimate part of a plan, right? What element? What do you mean? If I have an outstanding loan, mm. Now and, of course, you shouldn't make a loan without a a strategy to repay it. It could be monthly. It could be However, you want it to be. But if I'm going to do, I use the uh, uh, the analogy of uh, if I'm going to do real estate, you know, if I'm going to do a buy and hold and I finance it through a policy, there's going to be a monthly loan repayment, right? Because there's a monthly rental cash flow, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you'll go jump into real estate. Okay, I'm not. But if I, you know, fix and flip, right? Then there may not be a cash flow. It's going to be a cash flow away from me, you know, the repairs and all of that. But at the end of that successful fix and flip, there's going to be a lot of money coming back. So that's a lump sum loan repayment Mm -hmm. as opposed to a monthly regular loan repayment. And then – but as a a place to put money – it can be, and I've am not, and i seen some beautiful presentation down in the big wide world. It's like just borrow as much as you possibly can, go do this, and now you've just created a place to put windfalls, which is a legitimate statement. You've created a place to put windfalls. That does not then uh, necessarily say to borrow 100% of what you have available in loan value, is is okay to do because you've created a place to put windfalls does that make sense what i'm saying uh yeah <clears throat> okay so if um i know i
1: well you yeah, know we, we talked about don't steal the peas yes what does that mean what does don't steal the peas mean
0: it is number one and don't
1: oh, we, well, well you said you go ahead and say it. be well, an honest banker yep yeah. You got to be an honest maker. You have to repay your loans. You have to replace. It. And then you said underneath the 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 don't steal the peas point. You got to put have a place for windfalls.
0: Yeah, we were talking about windfalls. So yeah. we sat down and you know before we turned on the cameras and everything. The four fundamentals, and then Nelson added the fifth. Number one is think long range. Right. Mm-hmm. number two is don't be afraid to capitalize i.e pay a premium number three is be an honest banker don't steal the peas don't go run up all these loans that you have no method of uh or no strategy to repay those loans and then number four was don't do business with banks outside of you know checking and savings and don't mm-hmm. be dependent upon the third money third party lender and then he added you know rethink your thinking but going back to being an honest banker and so, in this conversation, prior to turning on the camera, David and I was talking about having a place to put windfalls, windfalls. right? And so, that is legitimate. And 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 I said, well, that really goes up there with being an honest banker. But also, being an honest banker also encompasses, look, if I'm 25 years old and I'm knocking it out of the park as far as income goes, I am nowhere near to my peak earning years in my life. Right. So- if as my income goes up, my premium payment should go up as well. That's right. also a part of being an honest banker. Yep. Right. And so also being, a, that's why I said the uh, a place to put windfalls goes mm-hmm. under being an honest banker. Right. It's part of, it can be part of a plan. It can be part of a strategy. Right. If I know I'm going to buy a piece of property or two or three, and I'm just, I'm not going to buy any property. Right. I'm just putting an example out there if I know that somebody I have an insurable interest in is going to graduate it's okay for me to put a place or create a
1: place right to put that put that, put that put to that. receive that windfall mm-hmm. yeah I agree. so I
0: think that that's part of being an honest banker
1: okay well it, uh, I didn't think that way initially I thought it was, I thought the windfall thing was almost a separate commodity that we needed to talk about but I I, I see where you're coming from now and I, I think I agree with it so yeah
0: no thanks.
2: One of those rules, don't you know, don't do business with banks. And you had mentioned this before we started talking. Is this idea of collateralizing a policy with a with a banker? Oh boy, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't, I don't, I, I have a real problem with that. Um, I mean, if you're chasing uh, rates and comparing rates of return uh, and saying, well, I can, I, I can get a higher rate of return if I use a, a HELOC. Yeah, well or, the, the or, bank the or, bank will
2: lend me money at 2 the policy yeah. the insurance company is going to charge me 5 For or how would I take a policy loan? Cuz one number is bigger than the other and all that we got to do in finance is judge the difference between two numbers. It's right. like Right.
1: Right, right. Well, I think we I think we, we touched upon that earlier, but you know, if you just think about the the four top rules that James just covered, you know, I'm thinking long-range and and number 4 is don't do business with banks. You know, Nelson talked about that Okay, that that's what started IBC is is doing business with banks. Okay, mm-hmm. he got upside down with, in real estate when the interest rates went from like eight percent up to twenty one percent prime, and he got upside down. And it's like, luckily, he had enough cash surrender value so he could he, he could policy loan himself at a point where he could start servicing the loans responsibly and not have to c- declare bankruptcy. But why would anybody? Collateralize a policy with a bank, you know. If you're doing that, please don't mention the word "infinite banking" concepts in public. Please don't say you're a proponent of anything we're doing because that is not IBC. Okay. D- please don't do business with banks. And and why would you take a private asset like a like a policy and and, and use this collateral for a bank loan or whatever? I don't care what. The, I don't care if you're getting a hundred percent. You know more payout on your interest payments. Just don't do it. You call it something else. Call it something else. Don't call it IBC because it's not. I'm going to clip that out and put that on TikTok.
2: (laughs) No, you know IBC. Okay, okay.
1: I'll say I'll say this one more time. I I wouldn't do anything like that without your permission. Okay, okay, okay. Here's 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 a here's a clarifying statement. Okay, the infinite banking concept. Okay, and we can put a registration mark behind that or a TM where you want to do it, okay? You should. The infinite banking concept is about using permanent whole-life insurance to finance your needs, okay? It's not about using life insurance as collateral for, for bank loans. It's not about using universal indexed life insurance policies to to, to buy real estate, it, IBC, IBC is about permanent whole life insurance From a mutual insurance company Or a mutual holding company In some cases a stock company If there's nothing else available uh, To finance your banking needs mm-hmm. That's what it is, that's what, it is. That's, what it's, that's what it's about Okay if you're not doing that Then don't call it IBC Call it something else well said, sir. Well
0: said. Yeah. You know, I've said it before. I'm going to share it again. You know, uh, we we, uh, we lived at our little house for, you know, 20-something years. We've been looking. We were looking at the time to move to something a little different, you know, right off of the road. We want to be further away from civilization. Um, and— and and i get this great idea right i can i can sell myself anything between here and the front door okay i'm a pretty good salesman unless you talk to mike rivas you know he says you're the worst <laughs> salesman in the world okay all right i digress a little so we're looking right um and and Knowing that we're going to have to stay where we're at, right, of course, until you find something that you like. And it's hard to check all the boxes unless you're going to build from the ground up. And so we remodeled the house, right, because it was going to go on the market. And then to make it more pleasurable to stay where we're at, we built a pool, right? And so this is back in 2016 and 17. And I'm dragging Nelson through all this, right? I'm saying, now, look, Nelson, you know, there's a lot of talk in the infinite banking world that, you know, particular companies won't give you know, dividends on policy loans in the first year. So, i.e., or, you know, they restrict the policy loans in the first year. You can't get a policy loan. I'm like, okay, well, the banker can do anything he wants. And we want to pull so we can save. And we're going to remodel. And we've already done two or three cash-out refis on on that property. You know, we do a cash-out refi and put that money right into a PUA. Right. And so I'm dragging Nelson through all this. OK, so here's what I'm going to do, Nelson. I'm going to do a cash out refi. I'm going to go buy one of these policies that you can't uh, borrow again. It t- can't take a loan in the first year. And and then I'm, we're going to build a pool. And while we do this it, it, with a company that. Won't give a loan in the first year. I'm going to take that policy, that brand new policy, down to my local banker. Because my banker of 20 years graduated. I know. Right? And so then I was orphaned. And then a young man who we do business with today. um, Great guy. I'm going to show Bobby how he can potentially get new business. Right? And how he could get collateralized life insurance policies. Right? And there's a couple of agencies or life insurance companies that, that reduce the dividend, um, therefore these agents have been trained from the home office, go get a relationship with the banker so you can take your clients down to the banker, they can collateralize the policy, you get a full dividend and pay a lesser interest rate on the loan right so i'm thinking i'm being all altruistic you know i can check all these boxes i can make this beautiful presentation on how the banker can do whatever he wants and nelson's like yeah okay okay yeah yeah you could do that <laughs> we didn't wind up doing any of that right but uh that's what that makes me think about so i did educate the banker and he's like oh i never you could do this with life insurance right and and then, of course, I always told him, if you ever do this and they default, I'm a buyer of that policy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we didn't do it. We have a pool. The house was remodeled. And then we didn't even sell it after we moved. <laughs>
1: <you know? laughs> love, but, love it or it, you, you, you love it? Love yeah. It, right?
0: But, I mean, Nelson was so gracious. He just listened to me dragging Do all of that and he's like yeah yeah you could do that you could do that and then when we didn't do it he's like yeah that's the best decision not to do it (laughs) but I mean we did finance the pool just straight from the life insurance policy Mm
2: -hmm. so yeah the big old grand designs for you're gonna manage all these cash flows between the bankers and the policies and all this creative stuff I, I know it can be like interesting at first and engaging especially for people who are like over analytic or hyper thinkers I mean I've been guilty of it in the past but at some point, you get on the other side of that, and it's like this is exhausting. Like, yeah, just yeah. pay a premium. And- it was
0: exhausting. Be yeah. dragging y'all through that, wasn't it? Oh no.
2: yeah, and it's not the first time either. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, I,
1: I never, I never heard that story before, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. I mean, keep it simple. You know, it's it's simple, right? Yeah. So what Nelson I would mean, say this so is simple. ridiculous. Pay pre- pay a premium. Pay premiums. Jam as much you can a premium, and it, and, and it, you know it's it's not it's not hard it's easy uh, when you start getting creative about it, you sound like one of these hedge funds managers who's trying to come up with a new and innovative way to yeah. frigging – And then add all the complexity yeah. to the to the
0: presentation. So then complexity adds value. Like, yeah, I don't really understand it, but it makes sense, and you're saying the right things, and you're pretty confident as you say it. I'm all in. So, you know,
1: that guy's pretty smart, man. He must be, you know what he's doing.
2: Yeah. yeah, and but then there's this other type of behavior, this resistance-seeking kind of behavior where people want to get hung up on the company you know oh. which company you know yeah. what about the big ones i've never heard that name before mutual holding company is that a real mutual or a tier you know? 2 company yeah it's completely yeah. made
0: up things yeah
2: yeah it's such a uh, like a, a rabbit hole just never ending and I like and also you say look you got a, the company need to have been around for at least 100 consecutive years and paid a dividend every one of those years and then beyond that it is a private asset now look I, I don't like direct recognition so I think that matters too I like really flexible PUA writers I like long dated level term writers so there are some things that get you to but that's you know And just, it's like with the 1090 discussion or with the, you know, previously inferior suboptimal policy designs, it's like, just keep it, manage it, pay the premium. I mean, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still a bona fide whole life insurance policy. It's a private asset. It's got a loan provision. It's going to help you become your own banker. That cash value ought to keep rising. You know, sure, you you can... Optimize on the margin and and continually improve. Part of not succumbing to the arrival syndrome. That, but the resistance seeking of like, well, I'm gonna get hung up. I mean, I'm going off about because I've had conversations in the last week with people who just can't get over themselves. But
0: optimizing on the margin, don't jump over that because that's all that's going on right there. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're like penciling numbers and drilling down on an internal rate of return. You know, you're is uh, is a biblical too? But you know, you're straining at gnats and swallowing camels. <laughs> Yeah,
2: (laughs) Missing the forest for the tree. I mean, pick your metaphor. It's like, and you wish it. And then I have clients on the other side of it who, especially the ones that are on their second or third policy, and it's clicked, man. They're like, I don't need to see the illustration. (laughs) Just just do the underwriting thing. Do I need to do the pyramid? Take the blood and urine. Like, let's go. I mean, let me just pay a premium.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what it's it's about for us, too.
0: Do you get those calls from clients? I mean, I know you get a lot of, you know, uh, people that are just freshly exposed to the idea and the concept but do you get people that follow up a year or two later and, and tell you David you know my life has changed thank mm-hmm.
1: you yeah not, not, not as many as I would would like because there I keep I, I'm def I deflect calls to practitioners yeah okay both seekers and also people that are happy about it. it's great you know who, who you're working with that's fantastic and and I mean if you do it right it's, just, it's, it's a no-brainer. It really is because you you got that it's it's an that asset is is rock solid, okay. And we haven't talked about the tax code yet, have we? No, we haven't talked about the IRS or anything like that. So we don't we don't need to, we don't need to because it's 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 it's, it's freedom. Uh, mono on mono me and me and In the insurance company with a private contract. And one thing I you know you go back about phone calls. It's like. Please understand, we're talking about an insurance contract. Yep. Okay, there's no money in this policy. This is not an account. It, I thank you no, for saying. They, that. I mean, they, yeah. that, that that's probably one of the biggest the biggest subjects we go through. You know, uh, first of all, I qualify. I am not a licensed insurance agent. Number one. Okay, everything I'm going to tell you is from experience, working and knowing Nelson Nash, and then doing this in my life. Uh, but I will tell you that you're not you you are paying a premium for an insurance contract there's no money in your policy there's no there's no cash fund in your policy okay that number is what the insurance company will pay you if you surrender the policy on a certain date and oh by the way the the policy is collateral up to that point for a policy loan correct amen so where's the money coming from Where, where is where's it coming from the life insurance—it's not coming from your account, okay? It's coming from the general fund of the insu- right. It is not an account,
0: and yep. it is not a deposit. You do not make a deposit into the life insurance company,
1: no. unless you're it's paying a your premium. Premium deposit. There's no like like so one guy talks about. Okay, a PUA is a deposit. Oh, okay, God. when I do a PUA premium, that's a deposit, a cash deposit. When I'm paying a base premium, that's I'm I'm paying for death benefit. Yeah. How can you you can't say that.
2: Yeah, not okay. only is that wrong, it is the opposite you,
1: of the truth. You can't yeah. say that, but they but but they do. Now, the beautiful thing about America is that we have the freedom to say these things. Mm. Unfortunately, some of these people are predators, unfortunately. <laughs> but we go. Let me let me take it back one more time. i say. I promise I won't say it again. Nelson wrote "Becoming Your Own Banker" for the public mm-hmm. because he wanted to empower the public to show them an alternative way to get out of bondage. Okay, what is bondage? Bondage is re- reliance upon uh, another entity, like like the government or a bank. Okay, because you, you're not controlling the the cash flow. Somebody else is. So he 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 wanted to show people here's an alternative for you where you can own something, and you're owning it in a free contract. Okay, without going through a government qualified plan, or going through a bank who's got a lien on. Whatever, everything. Yeah. and you if you do it correctly and you do it responsibly, if you do it for long term, you will create so much cash flow that you'll that it will solve all your needs for finance. And then you have a death benefit, which is a pass. Bonus. It on. It's a bonus, mm-hmm. okay? And so it's just, it's simple. As long as you do it, is it, you stay responsible. And it, oh, I've heard stuff like out there all the time. Well, Nelson was a great guy, but his strategy has not been updated. Yeah, it's outdated. It's outdated. Language, it's, yeah. outda- it's outdated. <laughs> it's outdated. Too yeah. hokey. It's outdated. It's outdated because there's so many there's so many better products out there now uh-huh. that you can do the same thing. It's outdated. Well, I don't think so because those product sets are different, and they're not. They're, as I said earlier today, they're not. They're not predictably growth managed assets yeah.
0: you know 150 years and <clears throat> I'm just taking a number out of the air a lot of these companies have been around 100 150 years even longer 170 180 years but all of a sudden in 2020 or 2021 they're outdated
1: yeah yeah no. it's been it's, you know it's the same thing and we're on repeat you know you can take yeah. it through any you know you know the I don't want to get down. I don't want to go down a government path here, but I don't even. But the products are are they're not your friend. No. Okay. They're not here your to friend. help, David. Not your friend.
2: <laughs> it's really curious to me because you get the high, higher income types, the productive types, the business people who know how bad the post office is. Mm-hmm. They know what it's like to go to the DMV, but then they sit down with the CPA and say, oh, there's this government plan that's going to help me manage my finance. And they are jump all over it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, do we not notice the disconnect there? Like, Why would that make sense? You know, Why would I want the post office to manage my cash flow, my capital, that I'm going to rely upon late in life. And talking about this cash value line of credit, you know, collateralizing the policy with the commercial banker. Yeah. How's that going to work out late in life when you want to take maybe annual distributions in the form of what would have been a policy loan? Well, You're going to go build up a big old indebtedness Mm -hmm. on a credit line with the commercial banker? I don't think so. Where they've got a total collateral assignment to that policy? When's that going to work out? Yep. You know, no. and all to get all to make an end run around this short run considera- consideration of you know how do I address the objection of well I got a policy from a direct recognition company they're going to lower the dividend if I have a policy loan I don't want to do that and so oh just go you know get get the violate Nelson's rule go get a relationship with the commercial banker no and that'll solve it right and you know in the interim time period never a consideration to. No. what's late life cash flow look like and yeah. all those examples in becoming your own banker you've got those individuals enjoying a cash flow late in life oh so you want that to come from a commercial bank
1: well <clears throat> you know as a, we talk about simplicity okay you're com- you're making everything complex number 1 by by going through these strategies number 2 is i promise you i promise you that if you think long range you don't Be afraid to capitalize. You don't steal the peas. You don't do business with the banks. Then you will be doing IBC, and you'll be successful with 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 financing your lifestyle and creating a a nest egg for retirement. Mm -hmm. Okay, passive income for retirement, and also, surprise, surprise passing your legacy on to the next generation. Mm. Just follow those simple rules. It is so simple. So simple. It's so simple and it's 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 as simple as that. But no wait a minute you can't just talk you know four simple rules and the fifth ones rethink. you're thinking you can't just talk no it's no we have to re we have to make it sound better we have to take it out we' got to repolish it we got to paint it a different color we have to regenerate more interest on it because it's like you said the same thing now for years it's just like it's getting old yeah. let's come up with something new come look, on look at
0: what the rockefellers did yeah no it's, <laughs> over and over and over look if you you know in the past of you know said it where you know when when I was a child maybe when you were a child the, uh, you eat cereal and they put little trinkets in the boxes of cereal, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. and that red decoder. And then there'd be a piece of paper with red and blue print on it. When you looked at it, you, you could see the blue print, you couldn't see the uh red print until no, you couldn't see the blue print, right? Because the red blue print on the paper with red print over, and you couldn't see what the blue print said until you put that decoder on there that was red, and then you could read the print. I'm telling you, this is a decoder right here. You can hold these four fundamentals up to anything that you're looking at or hearing about pertaining to the infinite banking concept. And if any one of
1: them are violated, it is not the infinite banking concept. Yeah, right. That's how simple that is. Right. Now, you have to understand what, what we mean by think long range. What what does that mean? You got Okay, it's a nice little coin phrase, but what does it really mean? Yeah, okay, if you're asking me, wait, no, let's
0: spend some time on it okay. because that's a legitimate question. Okay, go. You know, I want to talk in 50-year timelines. I'm not going to be here. You may be here. You're not going to be here, but your people are going to be here. Right. So if I can't think past the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh year, I sure as hell can't think in the 50-year timeline. Right. right? Long range, more than one generation. Long range to me, right? Okay. What's it to you?
1: Well, when I think when I think of long range is like, uh, okay, if I do eventually want to retire, how am I going to service all these policies mm-hmm. if I am quote unquote living in Florida mm-hmm. retired and I'm not being as productive as I used to be? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's long range for me. So how am I going to how am I going to work that? What's the strategy for letting me to to reduce my income Hmm. but still maintain my portfolio okay to generate that because that's one aspect of it that's what I'm thinking about and I've done several presentations uh, at think tanks primarily since I'm not a guy that gets out in public like you said like I said and I talked about what does IBC mean to me and how I use it okay now that I've gotten past the finance piece it's all about me creating a legacy for my children and grandchildren okay so so they, they have something, and more importantly, they don't blow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to the Rockefellers. So that's what I focus on. So for me, thinking long range is the second to conditions. So my grandchildren, okay, will not only have these assets that are not in volatile commodity areas but they also have the mindset and the and the ability and the knowledge where they can they can grow it just imagine if you're like a 20 year old or 25 year old and you want to start funding your own policies and you have a substantial fo- policy for- portfolio starting off with that you can use that as your launch pad yeah okay that's what it's about it's about creating a launch pad for the second and third generation for that's what it means to me what does, what does it mean to you it.
2: For me, it. Uh, you said it, James. I know Nelson needs to say it, it but it's the permanency of the problem. Banking is mm-hmm. so long as there expenditures, are, or so long as income exceeds expenditures, capital is building up somewhere, and that's addressing that need, addressing the need for finance, addressing the need to capitalize is. An opportunity and a problem today tomorrow five years from now 500 years from now i mean so long as there's private property and we're using money and people can exchange and then, then there is such a thing as capital it's accumulating somewhere and someone's right. going to control it and, and benefit from the flow of it right period
1: Cerfee's so she's you thinker man
2: so lo- like uh, long range is f- literally forever like so long as the human condition is what it is There's going to be a need for finance. And by the way, like you were saying with being an honest banker, as income goes up, the percentage of that income that goes to premium should also go up. As you earn more, the need for financing, the need to solve for the control of the banking function only increases. And so this should all expand. And it scales. It, It in a for the nerdy people it like fulfills kant's categorical imperative like it <laughs> it, it does i know it's weird to say it it, it like it scales up literally infinitely yeah. like to call it the infinite banking concept is so accurate because it it scales for forever as long as human nature is what it is i mean we can't even <clears> conceive <throat> of a world no money okay well we're talking about the soviet union or something i mean so long as there's contract and private property and money yeah there is capital, there is the financial value, the monetary value of assets, and either you control it or you don't, period. And like when people go down this investment thing, you know, oh, I can go get a higher rate of return. It's like, okay, great, set all that aside. And where does the money, even if those investments are successful, where does that cash flow go right. oh does it go to a bank oh are you receiving the dividend from that bank hmm probably not have you done a uh, interest volume analysis on how much you're paying for all the conventional debt that you're loading up on because you're such a successful investor no okay right. well we're skipping over all the problems here and and that that <laughs> not problem about this.
1: That,
2: <laughs> that, but that problem is yeah. like Always, whether you're into the damn crypto or your real estate yeah. or whatever, you and know. it's a problem for you, and it's going to be a problem for the next however many generations God lets your family walk around. Yeah, yeah. I take it you're
0: not in crypto. Oh wait, wait. Well, <laughs> no. Look, I, I love that because it also I love I love the fact that Nelson even added you know rethink your thinking. That's not a one time thing. Right No it's constant It's
1: constant every morning You get up and say your prayers And rethink your thinking man
0: Yeah but let's look at You know Thinking long range You know uh, Once I can get past The the, uh, The limitation Of only thinking Two or three generations You know then Maybe I can think Over the next hundred years you know tax-free foundations or foundations family foundations and i'm not trying to say oh here you should go start a family found i'm not talking about that i'm saying the thinking continues to develop
1: well you need to you need to set the conditions where it can continue to develop yes. can continue
2: and that is the challenge right is oh the kids is preserving a, oh the educational
1: uh, component it's 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 a challenge with 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 kids you know yeah. it is a challenge that's why you know, you, you create an asset, they can't, they can't blow it. And we talked about windfalls before. You mentioned it before. You know, you need a place for windfalls. Why? Because you, you'll have a propensity to, to blow it. Mm. And you're going to have and, them. And you're you're going to have windfalls, it. even you, though you can't see you're them You're going to buy today. the new car. You're going to buy the new gun. You're going to buy the new whatever. And next thing you know, that windfall is like, what happened? Where did it go? Mm. It's gone. It's just, that's the human condition, right? Yeah. So, Parkinson's law. You got to put, you got to park right. that money, and, and you got to park it in your system. And it's gonna, what is it? What's it gonna do? It's gonna, it's gonna supercharge your system,
0: and it's gonna Ooh. be available for you to have access to, to take advantage of that access. opportunity.
1: You know, David, we,
2: you can tell me what you think of this because we kind of framed this the other way. Because going back to what we mentioned earlier about how there's all this stuff online, you pay a premium, build, build a bunch of cash value, go take a maximum policy loan to go do whatever. I kind of see that as an extension of Parkinson's law, and we called call it the eager investor. Sign. <laughs> You know, like you, yeah, you gotta spend like in terms of income flows, expenses rise to meet income, or expenses rise to exceed income, right? That that's one instantiation of Parkinson's law, but it can that can be extended to the cash value side. You know, uh, capital expenses rise to meet total cash value. Yeah, you know, right. and then the the extension of that is a policy lapse. So wow. I, I think that. That it's a it's another manifestation of Parkinson's law of violating what Nelson talked about online today. Like these to illustrate that this doesn't need to be fundamentally altered. These principles that he listed early on in the book are are they're, they're, they're they still matter? They still, they still hold matter. so
1: much relevance. Well, you know uh, uh, yeah, well, why why did Nelson cover so much about the the human problems in the book in the first place? Mm. The main problem. people skip right past that. Yeah. Okay, um, they skip. Right, they go right to the first. They pick up the book and they look for the first illustration they can find, w- without reading the text that goes along with it, yeah. and they and they, and they try to duplicate that illustration instead of understanding that that the the these precepts. Are the most important thing you can understand. Number one, and then you you put the human condition, the human problems, mm-hmm. as an underlying reason that these are so critically important. Mm-hmm. That's why he talks about Willie Sutton. that's why he talks about Parkinson's. That's why he talks about the Golden Rule. I mean, he didn't make this up. It's been out. It's been <laughs> yeah. out there. But it's so. It's it's the truth. Yeah. Okay. And and the human the human problem is is. The basis for everything we're talking about on mm-hmm. why this is is Bobby bastardized. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is. It's pure. It's simple. It's pure. It's and, and that's why Nelson loved the Austrian school so much mm. because it's 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 pure. It's not built up on a bunch of equations and yeah, you know, <laughs> all this
2: arbitrary assumptions, assumptions and, and
1: all this stuff. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, you know. I never thought of parks as what you just did, but I think you're. I think you're. You're exactly right. But that's that'd be a good a good chapter in your next book.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: So.
0: But anyway, Wait, uh, let's get to number two. If you know don't be afraid to capitalize. Well, what does that mean? What it means to me is don't be afraid to pay a premium. So when you're violating that, if you have to have access to every cash value dollar as soon as possible, you're afraid to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. If you have to collateralize every cash value dollar in loan value right, that you have as soon as possible, you're afraid to capitalize. Right? If you have to have a banishing premium or a reduced paid up, I'm only going to pay for seven years, I'm only going to pay for 10 or whatever it is, you're afraid to capitalize. Yeah, True. And then I gotta say, because I love it, it's true. I heard it from Nelson. Everything I say comes from Nelson. It's like it's all conversation until so somebody writes a check. You can look through all those fabulous presentations and illustrations, and you can go through every machination that you want to create. It's all conversation, and it's very laborious mm-hmm. until somebody writes a check. You're not becoming your own banker, right?
1: Right? Right? What does it mean to you? Well, let me let me, let me ask you a question, and this is uh, from a client standpoint. Okay. Uh, if i have a policy that's like 20 years old okay and i have a paid up addition right on the policy and i have i get an annual renewal and i go online and i pay my annual renewal uh premium whatever that is and then like a week later this company which i like very much i go into the, to the portal and i look at it and it's and it says oh you can make a payment on that policy to the B-way well, PUA. Oh, okay. I can make a payment policy. I said, well, I thought I paid the premium, so I click on it, and it and it says, yeah, you can make a PUA payment, an unscheduled PUA payment. Okay, and so you can say, okay, I want to do ten thousand. Oh, we can't take that much. Yep. I'm gonna do five thousand. Oh, you can take more than that. So it's the old shot group, long short, long short. So I get it to where I, I can pay nine thousand five hundred fifty-four dollars. Should I pay that? on a 20-year-old policy or should I use that money for something else? Great question. that That's the question I have as a client for you guys. Do you want to go first or me? I'll
2: go first. Well, you can go first. Go ahead.
0: No, no, go ahead.
2: Uh, pay the damn premium. I say pour the, you know, subject to an individual's particular circumstances. If you've got the ability to continue to Contribute to the ongoing compound Unscheduled occurring. PUA. Yeah, and into an old policy, pour it on.
1: That's what I've been doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Would you agree with him first? Uh, no, I
0: don't d- disagree with that at all. I, I agree with that. And then my admonition would be for the the owner, the policy owner, to know and understand what his contractual rights are to the PUA premium, right? Is that uh, ability lost if you don't pay that
1: PUA premium this year? No, the PUA premium was paid when I made my, my renewal payment. Okay, mm-hmm. I paid my base and my PUA was kind of rolled into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because after, scheduled payment. It was a yeah. it was scheduled PUA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now after the, the payment was was applied to the policy and mm-hmm. it's been renewed, mm-hmm. and now I have I have I have room mm-hmm. in the policy because I didn't I didn't overfund it in early years. I have room in it mm-hmm. where I can put additional unscheduled PUA mm-hmm. because I've heard I've heard agents tell me that no that that. Uh, Unscheduled PUAs Actually drag down The performance of a policy And out, out that, years. That's, that's wrong Okay. That's wrong. And
2: they say, instead of continuing to pay the PUA over a long time. Go start a new take one. Take that money and go start a new policy. A new policy. Yeah. And that is where the inefficiency is, right? Cash value growth is slowest in the earliest years <laughs> of a contract.
1: Okay. So there's no, there's no difference between a scheduled PUA and an unscheduled PUA. Not it's, quite. Due to the performance yeah. of the Not policy. Not quite.
2: Life insurance company, The way the way the way, my understanding, the way actuaries price these policies is they assume that all premium is modal. It's all scheduled. And all companies want that PUA to be scheduled. Now, some companies, the more IBC-friendly companies, in my view, will allow unscheduled PUA payments. Mm-hmm. But for the purposes of their actuarial design, they've got to assume that that payment comes in at some point in time. Yep. And different companies handle it different ways. Okay, um, my Is it better, all else equal, same po- same policy, same premium level, to schedule it or unschedule it? Schedule it. Uh all else equal, is it better to pay it earlier or later in a given policy year? Earlier. That's always the case. Cash value growth, death benefit growth will be marginally greater if the payment is scheduled and if the payment is earlier. Okay. But that doesn't mean don't pay the unscheduled PUA I have substantial of course of substantial policies. I pay my PUA on an unscheduled basis because I use a company that allows me to do that and I like the freedom of being able to pay a PUA when I want. And especially as a business person with you know non-uniform variable income throughout the year, I want I want to be able to pay the PUA when I want to.
1: Okay, so um, be careful because there are some companies where if you don't pay the the PUA that that rider closes.
2: Yes. And there are, yeah, so you got to, like James was saying, you got to know the terms and conditions governing Mm -hmm. the particular PUA rider at the particular company. Not all PUA riders are considered equal. In fact, the quality, the contractual quality in terms of favorability to the client, for me, is one of the five elements that you use to evaluate the industry. Like, if I'm going to go implement IBC and I want maximum contractual authority for me, well, you know, one big element of that is how flexible is the PUA rider? Will they allow unscheduled payments? Are there restrictions on changing from scheduled to unscheduled? Uh, Will underwriting be required if I want to go beyond a certain threshold of PUA payment? You know, all of that varies company by company and the IBC unfriendly companies, the ones that are on all the advertisements everywhere, the big four have the relatively unfavorable PUA riders. Uh, They're more restrictive. And so it's like, do that if you want because you're you know seduced by a big name. But if you're talking about wanting to do what you're doing, yep. you know, pay when you want to. This stuff matters and it's
1: going to affect what kind of company you work with. Right. No, I was just you know, I guess that question was from a personal perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah. My might, question. Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're doing the right thing. But my question would be: Was it? Was there any issues for you to pay that additional unscheduled PUA? No. No, do I just you pay want to a greater PUA? <clears throat> <If> it, <clears throat> excuse me, do you personally have the ability to pay a greater PUA above that unscheduled? So yeah. then we'd have the conversation about whether you need to expand your system. Well,
1: that's what I thought you were going to say. It's like, no, you need to think about expanding the system. See, I think this is- But I, it's this first. So I think I mean,
2: this is kind of prevalent in the IBC footprint, broader, broadly considered, like people who talk about it online is- You know, you'll you'll have a a long pay policy, paid up at 95, 121, what have you. Okay, great. And then there'll be a short-dated level term writer, a seven-year term writer, because we're going to pay a PUA for seven years, or maybe we'll only pay it for four years, because that's what Nelson showed in equipment financing. I'm only going to pay the PUA for four. Then I'm going to throttle down the PUA. I'm either going to not pay the PUA, or maybe I'm going to not pay the PUA, and I'm going to reduce pay up the policy. I'm going to shut off base premiums. And instead of sending that premium, instead of sending that cash flow to pay premium on that older policy, I'm going to go start up another one. Yeah. Because I want to open another branch of my banking business. Yeah. and one thing and because and nelson uses that terminology and i've seen people online talk in these terms well nelson said go open up another branch it's like yeah yeah but like think a little bit level like a level mm-hmm. deeper than that why would you go start another branch at the expense of yeah, nurturing right. the profitability of
1: the initial older more experienced more efficient branch i agree with you you i mean you nailed that so does that fall and don't be afraid to capitalize does that fall into the third category which is which is don't steal the peas
0: the third category, being an honest banker. Don't do business with
1: banks, right? Well, I have, Don't steal the pieces, number three. Okay, number one is... is uh... Think long range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
2: okay. it's a think long range thing for me for it, sure. It,
0: it checks them all in me because it, it is think long range, and it is being an honest banker, and it is don't steal the piece. Because if you have that ability and you're not paying the premium, you're stealing the piece from your banking system. You're not being an honest banker,
1: right? So when I think I yeah. don't steal the, they piece, tend to go together. They do. The, yeah. The, yeah, they all do. They all do. But. But don't steal the peas. What does that? I'm I'm kind of transitioning to the next point. Okay. What does that mean to me? It means to responsibly take out policy loans. Mm-hmm. When you, like I said, when you need one, don't just take out one because it's you can quote unquote be rich on policy loans. Yeah, absolutely. Do it if you need it, right? Yeah. Repay it back responsibly, and also, uh, I my category for don't steal the peas. And I might get some pushback from you two guys, is is how, how how do you set the conditions for your dividends? Okay, do you pay do you do you, do you pay insurance for your dividends? Okay, is that not stealing the peas? Or yeah,
0: that's a great point. Okay,
1: yeah. because because the the, the beauty of these policies, even in in a lower dividend environment. Is a paid-up additions man, with dividends. That's, that that I mean, is a correct, you know, dividend you know, election in my opinion. So don't steal a piece. Is it, dividend election okay is incredibly important. Okay, number and, and also um, don't get into this premium offset stuff. Yep. Okay, that's where I, that's where I put that that category also. Yeah. You know.
0: The the dividend should be paid in my opinion. To the PUA, the paid-up additions rider. Period. Yeah. Period. Period. If you're doing something different, and maybe there's a circumstance in which you have to do something different, and dividend elections are not always permanent, but properly structured, designed, and and uh,
2: this is yeah this policy. Is, this is, is important because they're the, the two of the big four companies have riders uh, yeah. where the 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 source of the rider premium. It's a, a annual term. Uh, writer, the source of the premium by contract must be the
1: dividend first, right. and then withdrawals from the PUA. Okay, yeah. that in my mind, that is stealing the piece. It yes. is, it okay. is. That's kind of where I was going with that dividends. Okay, so that you're 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 don't stealing the peas is debilitating the growth of the policy. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm, that's if it falls in debilitating the growth of the policy it falls in that category and if, you, if you're if you're doing that at the expense of the growth of the policy then you can probably go somewhere else do something better yeah, yeah. you're
0: not being an honest banker. you're not helping yourself you're not helping your future prodigy you're not helping
1: yeah I mean are you gonna
0: is it gonna be the end of the world it's no pro- if you could do so much better and it's so much easier to do better I don't know why you wouldn't yeah it's like a liar I'd rather you know climb a telephone pole and or stand on the ground and tell the truth he'd rather climb a telephone pole and tell a lie you know, it's so much easier just to do the right
2: thing. There, there are legitimate needs for capital, for yep. sure. Legitimate reasons to take policy loans. Mm-hmm. But then there's profligacy, where I've just built up this cash value, or I've got these big old dividends, so I'm just going to start enjoying it. Yep. you know, And that's where you neglect the nurturing of the ongoing cash value growth.
0: Mm. Um, mm. Okay. So it goes, I like that, David. That's very good. It's not just don't repay a loan. Right You know it's not It's more than Debilitation. that Debilitation Yeah
1: And there's You know These Top four Precepts Are so They're so critically important You know Gosh It's That's what it's all about It really it informs is. everything It's You know
2: I've said it before Like the, there's that analogy Of wit- with wisdom It's Wisdom's like a seed It's like it can t- a seed, a little tiny little speck, but it contains within it all this potential. Mm-hmm. Right, for you can have this big old tree, yeah. and it's it's like that. These are simple little, tiny one line statements, but so much in terms of the implication and the value is embedded in it. Mm-hmm. And if you just apply what these lessons are in these various contexts, then these these implications become illustrated and illuminated. Yep. I love it. That's why that's the decoder. Something so simple can
0: decode all of those fabulous presentations and illustrations. Yep. It's like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah, I got you. All right, look, that takes us to number four, is don't do business with banks.
1: Well, you know, I I told you that we use a a segregated checking account for our manager policy loans and distributions and whatnot. So that's doing business with a bank.
0: That's checking account. Outside of – in a continuation, Nelson's four fundamentals would be don't do business with
1: banks outside of savings right. and checking. Loans. Yeah. Any kind of loan. Any kind of loan where, where you have a collateral issue, right?
2: It, it's a bit of – initial <clears throat> understanding or misunderstanding for a lot of people is that the infinite banking concept means you literally never interact with a bank ever yeah. again for any reason. And that's just not the case. People struggle with the idea of banking as something other than, you know, the literal technical definition. Oh, I have a checking account, so I'm banking with whatever particular organization we might be talking about. Nelson wasn't talking about that. Nelson was talking about the movement of money,
0: mm-hmm. right? The Which broad is what sense. banking is.
2: Yeah. But in, but in a broad sense, right? And then one level more precisely, one level n- more narrowly, it's loans and loan repayments. And so I like to say don't be don't be
0: dependent on third party
2: lenders. Yep. Right. Yep. We talked about
1: that. Yeah. of regardless of I'll give you credit rates. for that. Yeah.
2: You know a, a yeah. big uh, I don't know issue with this is the idea of a mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, should I pay off the mortgage? Should I take mm-hmm maximum policy loans in the early years of my system to eliminate the mortgage because mm-hmm. the mortgage is conventional debt it's with the it's inflationary uh it's also extremely costly it's just the largest to,
0: volume of interest that one generally pays yeah yep.
2: and so what you know i get that question and you know should i keep the mortgage should i pay it off and do you, do you have feelings about that
1: one way or the other well, um, coming from a man who has no mortgage Well, I don't have a mortgage but uh, I don't know if I should say this or not but but you know uh, we just my son just can move to Birmingham mm-hmm. okay and uh, like the rest of the co- country mor- uh, real estate prices are skyrocketed. Mm. And the way it works there is like they list the house on a Thursday afternoon, they accept all bids before their uh, five o'clock Sunday deadline, and then on Monday morning they announce the 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 winner. Okay, so the listing price is the starting price. It's more like an auction, unfortunately. You know, in, if you, in desirable areas, and so so what that what that means is if you're going to buy a house, you better have cash available. Because mm-hmm. cash is king. Period. Boom. Cash. Boom. Cash, and so what we did, we and my wife and I, we, we found some a home for my son, and he and he and he said, yeah, this looks really good, and so we did a whole cash offer, and 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 bought the house, and we're in, and now we're selling it to him uh, with a with a loan. Okay, And he expressed an interest to, to deduct his loan interest Which is a reason why people like Conventional loans is They can deduct loan interest And so he said okay fine So, we, so the, the, the house is going to be closed For the second time On Monday And it's going to be financed On a private loan That's registered with a probate And so he can d- deduct The interest off the loan But the loan is an IBC loan Okay, it's not coming from a from a bank. It's coming from us. Okay, financed from you know policies, and so and we arbitrarily set well, not arbitrarily, but they agreed. We agreed upon a loan interest rate that was very attractive for him. Okay, uh, and so he's so he's so I say you know he's gonna he will he'll, he'll probably sell the house in five years anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And move up. So. I know, to, I, didn't, I know I didn't answer your question, but but uh, you know we're doing IBC. Okay, we're creating a steady cash flow back to us. He's paying a very attractive interest rate. He's able to deduct that interest. Okay, because it's a third. It'll be a thirty-year fixed mortgage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even, even though amortized it's, interest. It's amortized over thirty-year <laughs> fixed interest. Fixed rate. But but the money is not going to the first national bank. It's going to the first Stearns Bank, uh, and back to the you know back to the infrastructure into policies
2: of which he's
1: partially benefited. No question. Yeah. He, yeah. So so that's how we're that's how we're doing it mm-hmm. now. And that's and, and that is he, he paid he paid twenty percent down in cash though. By the way, so it's not hundred percent you know loan. It's only you know twenty percent down. Whatever we try to make it as as a conventional looking loan as we could. Um and that's so so that's where I'm coming from. I love now. it. Why 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 did you do that? Why did y'all do that? What did we do? Why did you finance y'all's sons' property? Because we didn't want we wanted to control the cash flow. I love it we, because you could, right? You're the banker well, we can could, do we anything could. We that we they could. want. We could. We could. Now, you know, it, that was that was that was a no-brainer, okay? Because the assets are available The money is available Okay The uh, And we're, we're You know We're keeping the cash flow Within the family Like I said And And uh, There's another thing There's a There's a clause In that That Promissory note Which is Needed Okay For deductions Which says that If 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 I And and Kim Pass Before The The um, the note is paid off then the balance of the the mortgage is 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 forgiven okay so that's 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 a de- a, a, a gift to him and oh by the way whatever that number is that same amount is going to be you know given to his siblings and so if he's got a de- if if he's got a 2 million dollar death benefit then guess what that $150,000 Amount You know Will be subtracted from that So he'll be forgiven Okay But it's it's going to be equal For the rest of the kids too So that's a, That was important To do that It's
0: so. always important It's very hard to do But it's important To parents To make things equal Amongst
1: their children yeah. so, so we're not doing Business with banks But we are doing A conventional mortgage Or he is Sure
2: that's just this particular so, structuring but, of
1: the debt. But to answer your question, should you uh, do a policy loan to wipe out your your mortgage? I would. You you what? I I, I would I I you would. would if I could. Yeah, you know?
2: and that's it. That's and so this is the way I address this with people is that oftentimes. Let me put it this way. The answer to the question depends upon your degree of capitalization. The only reason that you were able to do what you did was because the, there was sufficient cash value there to do it, mm-hmm. right? A lot of, and but you're well into your journey with IBC. For um, people who are just starting, let's say, who are considering their first policy or maybe even their second yeah. or their third, where especially given real estate prices, doing what they're doing is big old real estate amount, big old therefore mortgage amount. And then you're looking at your little bitty cash value and you have the opposite dynamic, insufficient cash value to take a policy loan to handle the mortgage. And then you got to balance that against the other potential uses for the capital. You know, there may be other opportunities that arise. You may want to have your powder dry to take care of these other opportunities. And so I think the answer really is that it does depend. Look, the only, I tell people this, the only reason we're having this conversation at all is because none of us have enough cash value. If we were all flush with cash value, we wouldn't even, the consideration of going through some Third-party bankers' lending process to get into an amortized debt to pay massive quantities of interest by volume to somebody that we don't know to contribute to somebody else's financial profitability—that whole thought process would be off the table. We're only here because we were brought up in this indoctrination program of systematic undercapitalization. Yeah. <laughs> but if we were well, cap- if we were well capitalized, this wouldn't be a question. Yeah. And so it's really just a, pro- a, a a problem, a question of process. Where in the trajectory are we? If you're early on and you're only non, uh, cons- if your only debt is a, a giant mortgage uh, and you've got no other immediate need for uh, outside capital, right? You don't need to take a policy loan to do, go do something else uh, and the cash value is stacking up. You, you are in a position, again, the banker, those with the gold make the rules, the banker gets to decide. You're in a position where you could start taking policy loans to reduce the principal on the mortgage, to reduce either its lifespan or the and right. or the quantity of interest. You could, if you want to, right? Yeah. And you can evaluate that as a potential use for capital.
1: Well yeah I just assumed what you when you asked that question it was that they had the capability uh-huh. of eliminating their their conventional mortgage but yeah you're yeah. right you know is most most people are undercapitalized when it comes to, to policy and you know and it goes back to the to the to the the, the, the precept about it. it's not about one policy it's about growing a, a system of policies as you're able to
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay as you have you know I talk about it when you have opportunities to ie more cash flow or you have opportunities to grow your 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 system of policies because you have more insurability within your sphere of influence mm-hmm. ie more children. Yep okay more business partners whatever and then you have to insure them so you have to go through that that growth pain of that that you know poly, that premium payment yeah. so yeah you're right most most people are undercapitalized capitalized big time when it comes to IBC and anything else because they don't understand the principles of capital you know primarily so i think depends is the is the most accurate answer
0: because everybody's situation is different how much capital do you have you know should i Go take over a mortgage, and it's going to, you know, require all of the liquid capital that I have access to. Mm -hmm. Probably not in a good situation to do that, right? Right. Having the ability to pay it off is sometimes better than actually doing it. You know, it's a situation by situation, you know, decision. Yeah, It, it it truly does depend, and it comes to a point too. Whenever you have, and I and I believe that we're all undercapitalized, but whenever you have. When you're in the position that you have the ability to do that, I mean, just the mere fact of the avoidance of going through that whole process, you know, which you had to go maybe more into the uh, process because they wanted to deduct the interest, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, who wants to go through the the lending process from a third-party lender? Who
2: wants to do that? Everybody just knows it's Painful yeah, to
1: time intensive. Well, I think I shared just I shared this story a while back. I don't want to dive, digress this too much, but back in nineteen ninety one or two, I came back from the Mideast, from the military, and we we uh, went to school military school for a year, and then I got a assignment to uh, Savannah, Georgia, and so we we're going to buy a home. We found a home that was one hundred eighteen thousand dollars and we were gonna do a, this, a bank loan in 1992. This is past the 25-year. That was a nice house, I'm just saying. It was 118,000 bucks. And so it was, a, it was a 20% down loan, and I didn't have 20% of $118,000, whatever that number is. So I called up Nelson and said, listen, we're gonna buy a house in Savannah, and I need to put down uh, you know, 20%. Do, do I have enough cash to render. value do so I can do a policy? He goes, Oh, absolutely! No, yeah, sure. How much do you need? And, I, and so I told him So he, you know, got me a policy loan. And so I thought I was good to go. And then when it got time to to, to close the house, it was like, Okay, you're putting down twenty percent. Where'd you get the money from? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get the money from? And I was af- I was afraid to tell him where I got the. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, I didn't I I didn't understand. This is 1992. Okay you know I'm thinking well you know finally I told them it was a, I got it from a policy loan and they said "Oh, that I wish you had told us earlier that doesn't that doesn't count you're fine you're fine yeah. that doesn't count it's like it doesn't because you know if I went out and, and, and got a loan you know from or gift ABC or, Bank or, or ABC yeah. Bank or gift it's like we're not going to give you a, a mortgage right Okay, because, because you're... You, you're financing the down payment. Exactly. Yeah. And so, oh, that doesn't count. You're, you're good to go. said, so, explain to Nelson, why? why why? And he, he started telling me what's going on. I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand it. How better? So that was probably the first time that the light kind of went on with th- mm. th- this this money, this capital, okay, is different. It's different. It's different. It's yeah. different than... Third-party stuff; it's mm-hmm. different, and 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 you know, you got two the big the big C capital and collateral. Mm. Okay, it was different. I'm sorry, so going back. No, to, I love that. So that's, that's, I appreciate that. That was the first. That was the first for me. So I love that. I don't know how many. It
0: seems less now, but I don't know how many times over the last several years that you know somebody's doing that. <clears throat> They're buying either closing on houses or rental mm-hmm. properties or whatever, and the mortgage underwriter needs a letter from the life insurance company explaining how the loan will be repaid from the death benefit. You know, because they don't—they didn't understand policy loans. So mm-hmm. your mortgage lender did, mm-hmm, or the title yeah. company, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: leave, leave it to a life insurance home office and a mortgage lender to figure out how a policy loan works. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the life the insurance company. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <clears throat> I mean, it's,
0: <clears throat> I love that all right so that's four then added Nelson added in his later years is rethink your thinking mm-hmm. and as I said before I don't believe that that
1: is a one time thing but what, what does that mean to you well if you look at the title of the book uh, building your wealth of what's, wealth what's the subtitle of that book I'd have to go get it sorry so it talks about fractional reserve banking and then he's got a thing in there think about it
2: yeah it's a long oh, yeah, subtitle yeah. okay it's
1: a long subtitle yeah it's like, gee, Nelson, uh, anyway, think about it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what he's talking about. Take a moment and actually think about what's going on. He talked about, uh, Nelson isn't he, he talked about you know 90% of, 95% of people don't think. You know, 5% think they're thinking. and no, 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 no. 90% well, would, it, rather would rather die than think. You know, you know. all this stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you can fall into a comfort level you, yeah, uh, a
2: you, grassroots method of avoiding fractional reserve banking. Think, think about, about it.
1: it. Think yeah. about it. So it, it, he looked at it, rethink your thinking as almost a daily exercise. As you get into a routine, you get into a comfort zone, you get into groupthink, okay, where it's like, I guess we're in a groupthink right now because we're all agreeing upon everything we're talking about. But rethink your thinking, stay honest, okay, with yourself, and, and, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll discover new things you never thought about. And we tell people, that, you know, this little 92-page book, Becoming Your Own Banker, is an easy read. Uh, but most people that actually take the time to read it more than once say, say you know, every time I go through that book, whether I just pick out certain things or go through it from start to finish or whatever, I keep, I keep reading new things I never saw before. Mm-hmm. Right, it's new stuff that comes up, and that, that, that in my mind, that's part of the rethink you're thinking because your your you're, you're, your mind is wait a minute, boom, I'm, I've grown in IBC or I've grown in whatever, and now that I'm gonna go back and reapproach the book, I'm seeing things because now my mind's expanded. I've rethought my thinking and I see things differently. Okay, so that that that's what I'm I see it from, and that came from one of our practitioners who who said Nelson, you know, I, I believe what you're saying, and. I see the truth of rethink your thinking. Maybe you should add that to the big four that we've already talked about, and that's why it's number five. I love that. I'm, so.
2: Yeah, it's good that it's in there. I, mean, I certainly agree, but it, I also see it though just as a corollary of the arrival syndrome. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the arrival yeah. syndrome yeah. is just the opposite of that. You know, be, having arrived and knowledge, mm-hmm. which means to no longer be thinking about your thinking. Yep. On um, I really, I was. I'm reading some of these. Uh, reviews on amazon of the book this is a decent book <laughs> oh is it decent is it a decent explanation of ibc huh okay no, it's only from the guy who came up with it anyway uh yeah i think it has to do with the arrival syndrome yeah. and one we've you james you and i have talked about this recently uh off air but like the difference between validation and education oh yeah i seem to be getting people recently i know, it's not just i know it's probably coincidental it just happens to be coming in this wave but sometimes I'll get people who they went down the TikTok social media rabbit hole somebody told them that you know just take one of your regularly recurring expenses and run that through a policy you know the one I'm thinking of and if they're watching hello um, you know it was let's take uh, we we spend X amount of dollars on private tuition so we're just going to pay that in premium build cash value take a policy loan and pay for the tuition expense yeah uh, and that's what we're—that's how we're going to do IBC. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you know, may, maybe that's maybe maybe that the amount of the tuition ends up being the correct amount of premium. Maybe it's appropriate to take a policy loan to take care of that particular expense. But the banking problem is much bigger than that. You know, the the, the depth of this, the the need for capital, the tuition for the private school is just one thing. You know, how about the mortgage, which we just talked about? How about the auto loans? How about private uh, uh, passive cash flow late in life, right? How about financing the home purchases of other people in the family? Mm -hmm. Like, where does all that factor in to this? So it's, I I just got the sense on this particular call and on others that, you know, the the individual was wanting validation for something that they had seen, you know, some little niche packaged commodity way of thinking about IBC and and that's a rival,
1: well, you know? yeah, that's a rival, but let me—I'll try to defend their position, please. Okay. I, and, and again, I have no, I have no idea who this person is or what they said. Yeah, Besides yeah. what you just replied, but you know, I've heard the term "meet meet them where they're at." Yeah. Okay. And so maybe that person—that is their either their biggest expense or the biggest thing they're worried about. Yep. Okay. And so now you have a captive client because they're worried about something that's their problem and you have a solution for their problem now that's a good starting point and once once they 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 you get them at that point with with the you know the policy delivering this and that this and that if they they use it now you have an opportunity to say okay see how it works well for this now let's go let's start attacking something else that you have a problem with or you need more death benefit yeah oh whatever so uh, so there isn't. There is certainly okay.
2: a natural expansion, and they everybody does start somewhere, and all that should grow. And you know, I wouldn't exclude them. Was, there were other circumstances with this particular conversation that just weren't so favorable. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It, uh, the so they heard that should be organic,
0: you know, in a TikTok or whatever. And and I, I I mean that makes sense. That's where they're at. But that's part of the danger of TikTok or any other. Low level drive by um, exposure to this idea of becoming your own banker. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden I can run my whole expense, my whole income through a policy, you know, and and well, you. uh, you can't. That's an audio, man. I
2: know. It gets it gets real close to that idea of I'm just gonna yeah. take money from one pocket and put oh, it into yeah. the other. I'm just gonna exactly. redirect my capital. I don't have to endure the capitalization process. Yeah. I don't have to accept the illiquidity right. up front. Right. I'm getting something for nothing. This is just right. a hack that the rich do that nobody else talks about. <laughs> and it, you know, and I heard about it from my buddy who shared the social media profile, and that's what it is. And yeah. that mindset, like yeah, you there is a degree to which you gotta meet people where they are. Are, and I'm, I'm all for that and I don't expect people to be masters of life insurance mm-hmm. but on the other side of it is like your words reveal where the kind of research you've been doing where sure. you're coming from and it's like I'm not going to play that game because it 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 can often, not always, but it can often end up in that kind of situation where that person is the one who's going to take the maximum policy loans, who's going to leave them outstanding, and then they're going to forget why they did this five or six years down the line and say, I got a premium due? Forget about it. Can I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think the uh, rethink your thinking is, you know,
0: like you said, it was daily. I see it, clients see it, that, your your thought process expands as you become your own baker. as you mm-hmm. go through this process you build capital now it happened to me it's happened to all of us i remember i'm telling you my dad was dying in a in a in a uh, hospice facility and here i'm writing a check to the irs and just as clear plain as day i'm like oh my gosh that should have been a premium first. And i'd been doing this for four years so um, you don't see what you see, whatever you see today. You're going to see much more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the mere fact that you're implementing this concept in your life is going to help you
1: expand your thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's oh, yeah. it's pretty powerful, and it's no, that's,
1: overlooked. That's an excellent point. Wow, good one. Yeah.
0: And then, um, and I, and I'm I'm ready to close whenever y'all are. But since we're um, and I've got you, you know, talk about a captive audience, right? <laughs> <laughs> can i can i get my uh i uh-huh. didn't write a forward, you know i wrote what do you call An those endorsement can i whatever. get my endorsement put back in building your warehouse of wealth sometime in the future and we may have to cut this out depending on what <laughs> <it's
2: dangerous. laughs>
1: so well there, there was a couple other endorsements too that were like i don't really care about the others yeah i know i know
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i care about mine
1: yeah okay well, thank you, David, for coming and doing this. I enjoyed it very much. Hopefully, it's good to see you. Hopefully, I was a help, and I provided a little bit of clarity.
2: So, I think people want to hear from you more often. You know, mm-hmm. In preparing for this, I went and looked, and then typed in your name on YouTube, and there's not much out there. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's okay for people to hear it as close to the source as possible. You know, mm-hmm. The man running the show at the NNI, Nelson's son-in-law, practicing it himself for a lot longer than most people have. Mm-hmm. That's a... It's a that's big a big value that's a really valuable perspective yeah
0: mm. big deal appreciate
1: it yeah enjoy enjoyed it man you take care of yourself guys i do
0: too thank you very much and uh thank you for listening thank you for joining us on the banking with life podcast if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell otherwise join us on apple Podcasts and stitcher for weekly content